I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the Anthony Nation Network. And joining me once again, my senior editor and writer, Jude Seymour, and the Chief Inspector, Brendan McAlinden. Fellas, college football is no more. Congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs. And nothing but, but mud pies... And hatred spewed upon all of you that cheered for Georgia, because now that is one less feather in the cap. <laughs> um, I was full tied all night. People just were not understanding the importance of being able to clap back at Georgia for 1980. That is no longer so, there. What was the national sports writer that uh, had the tweet that said, you know, years since the last championship and, you know, Notre Dame was listed in 1988, but, but, uh, Michigan was listed in 1948 and he put an asterisk by it and he says half championships don't count or something. Where's that effect? Oh, that was like, fine. Bomb. That was, was a fine. fine bomb. Bomb. Yeah. yeah. Five, Fuck yeah. Like the, level, fine bomb. the level. The level. That was great. Yeah. Enter him into sainthood right now. So. From the top rope. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's a good thing. I mean, their coach has already achieved everything. The current head coach, Michigan, has achieved everything that he set out to do. So he can go to the NFL now. I don't know if you saw yeah, that, that one. It's that been, is about as Michigan as Michigan as it gets. It's as been Michigan a, it, as it gets. As a, as a Giants fan who just they fired their head coach, it's been very conflicting. To listen to all this Jim Harbaugh's coming to the NFL. <laughs> we just don't know which team he's coming to. It's like it's almost like handing it. It's like somebody's playing hot potato with a grenade, and it it might actually just land on the Giants. You know, so. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, we'll go to the Raiders, that, and we'll all enjoy hating the Raiders. That's fine. The Raiders are absolutely fine. As long as he doesn't draft Kyle Hamilton and ruin him, I, I think I'm I'm fully I'm fully on it. You know. No, I saw Hamilton getting ruined somewhere else. Uh, who's got the third overall pick? 
Um, let's see. Jags would be one. Maybe Lions. Lions two. Lions are two. Two. Lions okay. Two. Jets are Jets are four. So who are we missing here? Houston Texans are three. Yes. Texans. Houston. Yeah. Houston. That's who. I, uh, SB Nation uh, mock draft had. He might go to Kyle the Hamilton. Jets at four and get ruined. He could go to the Giants and get ruined at five. There's a lot of places. Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, the, the thing is, Giants have. I mean, I won't speak for the Giants, but they they've got a lot of needs that are not safety, you know. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like quarterback, offensive line, uh, God, just so much. As a Green so. Bay fan, uh, just I don't know. Don't piss Aaron off. I never understood Rodgers' like mentality about the draft and how that pissed him off. Like, do you really need more weapons? Like, are you, you're really pissed that someone didn't draft your wide receiver and you're just, you're making guys better than what they are. Like how much better do you need up there? What you need, there's some linebackers who can fucking run. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> that's just me. <laughs> How's Rashawn Gary working out? Can't run. <laughs> is, uh, uh, is, is Dexter Williams still in the practice squad out there or no? <clears throat> I don't, you know, I don't know if he is on the practice squad. I haven't yeah. heard, I haven't heard much. He hasn't posted much on social media as of late. So I don't know. I don't, that's usually how I know where, what the old Dexy is up to. So I don't know. Couldn't say. Oh, but I, I, here's a, here's a very hard to understand tweet that says Browns activated Tony Fields from COVID list, signed Nick Mullins to active roster, Dexter Williams off. Dolphins practice squad. So he's with Cleveland now. Oh no, he was on. Well, maybe, yeah. Or actually, I Dexter didn't know Williams. he was in my. He was in Miami though, right before that, right? Oh, play, wait, Dexter Williams off pra, Dolphins practice squad placed him on COVID list. Signed Artavius Pierce to practice squad. What the hell is going on? This guy did he have a stroke in the middle of it? I just don't even understand this tweet. <laughs> I got to figure out where Dexter Williams is these days. If you Strong if you're listening to this podcast and you know where the Dexter Williams is. Please uh, tweet at me tomorrow morning. I, I need to know. <laughs> some some like really randy uh, Dolphins fan or, or <laughs> some really is gonna is gonna come at you hard. Sounds good. I'm here. Oh man, we have got <clears throat> just. I'm not sure. Like, if you go and look at One Foot Down's front page right now, it is basically just a series of. Of news bits it has been yeah. so busy over the last like all the fun stuff I have planned. I'm gonna have to put keep pushing that back. It's actually good. I'm feeling pretty lazy at the moment, <laughs> but uh, it's just it's been nothing but news bits, um, and that's cool. Like I, I mean, I don't even know. It's just every everybody's gonna announce if they're coming back or not, and we got all these coaching searches and and all this good stuff. It's there's a lot. Lot going on, um, but before I move, I move on at all. Since we brought uh, old Jimmy H up, do you guys think there's any implications at all for Notre Dame in the roster if Harbaugh wants uh, Harbaugh bolts for the NFL just because of the way the transfer portal works? Um, I don't know. Do you think we can get like a Brew McCoy scenario with a Marion Walker? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if I'm Notre Dame, I'm just like. I'm kicking those tires, right? No, no, no. I am not. I am slashing the tire. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That, but that's me, uh, a very vindictive Sicilian. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> so I mean, uh, yeah, I'm done. You know, with I, you. I think there, I think there was a there'd be a fair amount of people with you because literally one of the most commented threads on the uh, 24/7, you know, Four Horsemen Lounge or whatever they call the the premium board is. Why is there a story about a guy who reneged on his promise to their name as the front as the top story? Talk about like, CJ Williams. yeah, get that CJ shit Williams off story, of there, yeah. basically. I thought uh, it was so, interesting. I no, applaud, it, was, I it, it was extremely interesting. It's just you know, hell yeah. hath no fury like a lover scorn, right? So oh, I, um, indeed, indeed. I, yeah. I applaud Tom for for getting those stories about um uh, about CJ and who what was the other one that was up? Um, Devin Moore, I think. Devin right? Moore, Devin Moore, yeah. Yeah. And it, the two of them basically boiled down to is um, me not want to leave home. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I think. Like I mean, that, don't yeah, forget that, about the girlfriend angle. Yeah, the girlfriend angle too. That's which is always in play. Always in play. Um, I I will say no more because I don't know who else is like a big follower of uh, what's his name, Jack McGuire. Or whatever, <laughs> he's really pissed off at Deadspin right now for stealing his uh, girlfriend transfer portal theory. Oh yeah, my God. Uh, and in typical Barstool fashion, just just set all of his uh, minions to go sick him. Which so I mean, it's can, it's the meme of the worst person in the world. Uh, listen, good, listen uh, I'll root for Stalin if he's fighting Hitler. Okay. <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> um. Like, so can we talk about this for a minute? Because I, I this has been a this has been something, right? We have a couple of Twitter accounts um, that are out there that tend to be saying things like sources, you know, Notre Dame expected to do this, that, and the other thing, right? And to be honest with you, um, you cannot differentiate between a person who is literally just reading a premium message board. And regurgitating what Tom Loy is is reporting to his, you know, or Matt Freeman, or, or Matt I Freeman. mean, or Mike yeah, Singer, no. or just a handful Absol- of. I mean, just absolutely. And I, I just, I said Tom Loy is a shorthand for right. literally right. all those guys, right? Everybody. Mike Singer and and uh, and uh, oh, yeah, and, and Matt Freeman do do a wonderful job, right? You can't tell that, or to a person who's actually cultivating sources within within the within the university the athletics department, right? Football is in particular, so. The problem becomes, I know it's this like, I need to get credit. I need to be cited as first mentality of the internet. Why? Well, and that's, that was my point was, you know, you know what happened the first time Tyler James broke a story and I'm going to just pick on Tyler James. Like probably nobody gave him credit when he deserved it. Right. And maybe the second time it happened to him and maybe, you know what? I'm not going to speak for Tyler, but as a former journalist, when you have a scoop and then, you know, a big newspaper comes in over you or a television station and they don't cite your original work, it's it's frustrating. But you know what's what's rewarding is that in in your in your mind, you know what you did. Right. You either stole information off a premium message board and you're just being some sort of idiot on Twitter for, for, for what, for, yeah, cloud chasing, right. For free likes or whatever, which mean they can translate to absolutely no money. Right. Or, um, you are literally trying to get a foothold in this and you have somebody or somebody's, um, that is giving you information. Now you got to get it right. That's really important. Like Matt Freeman's batting average is so freaking high, right? 
and I, I mean, I can't remember the last time Matt Freeman like whiffed on something. I'm sure he has, and I'm sure Matt Freeman could tell you all the times so that he's whiffed and probably his biggest whiffs. And I bet you Tom Loy's got his own his own things, right? But most but of those guys' whiffs are are condensed into their uh, paywall message board, where it's not out for everyone to just like. Well, and they're how also it works, how, how it works is like I think this could happen. This is what a source is telling me, but if they're not making it public, that means that they're still they're still waiting. Like they're they're, they're doing the responsible. They're still thing. they're still yes. working it. Yeah, things haven't come to, together. When there was a certain Twitter account that was announcing Jamarcus Shepard as the next Purdue head co- or as the next uh, wide receivers coach, he had not even interviewed. He wasn't even on campus yet. Like I. I'm not saying it's irresponsible. I'm just saying there's a reason why Tom Moy is doing what he's doing and Matt Freeman is doing what he's doing and Tyler James and Mike Singer and Tyler, Tyler Horka, you know, all those guys, there's a reason why they're in those positions and we should just let them do their job. Right. And so, so as, go ahead. Okay, I got some, I got something to say Okay. as the, as the emperor here at one foot down, let me, let me lay it all out to you guys like this. Okay. I know, I know people like to make like little side cracks about blue check marks, but this is why they exist on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. So now that's not to say like one, the one foot down account is a verified account. My personal account on Twitter is a verified account. I'm not saying that to like say that what we're saying is gold. But what I'm saying is, is like those particular reporters, the guys that I'm in, you know, I'm in press conferences with, or you know, these are the guys that, are dialed into the program, not some random person who's just going to decide, you know what, I'm going to make an Instagram account because that's the easiest thing in the fucking world to do is to post a picture in one sentence and not actually have to explain anything. And then I'm going to run to Twitter and try to do the same. It's, it is nonsense. And as someone who runs a very successful website cover in Notre Dame, and I'm going to say that, like, that's not bragging. I'm just fucking <laughs> saying that no caps, the kids say. There is an absolute line that I have, and you could ask any beat reporter, minus maybe some fucking douchebag uh, that will be unnamed. Like, hey, does 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 OFD steal your shit? No, never steal anything. And anything that anything that is reported as breaking news will be credited. I'm not out here trying to break news. Jude had Jude had a name for days. We don't go public with this stuff a lot of times. Jude had a name three days ago. Right. Before, like, no, like I saw they were like, like this name. Well, and, I, and I want to be clear about this. Like, that's not that's not the role of one foot down. Like one foot no, down isn't no. sitting there. We don't have a premium message board. We're not. You know, when when Mike Singer, you know, writes, hey, Chancey Stuckey's on, on campus this morning or whatever. That's that's information for his readers to appreciate because they have a subscription model. We're just a website that likes to have fun. Um, you know, and yeah, and we don't mind there's, the athletic going first. No, there's you know? lots of arms there. And the, th- and the thing is, is that, yeah, that's it's just, it's not, it's not what we do, but watching these accounts, like trying to, trying to really eat above their pay, their pay grade. Like yeah. they are in there ordering up the Kobe steaks when they should be eating fucking, uh, stove, you know, stovetop is basically what it is. <laughs> Eat the stovetop. It's fine. I mean, what are you trying to do? What is this gaining you? 
And what you're doing, though, is fooling a bunch of people that you know, online, which isn't the hard, which is pretty fucking easy. <laughs> it's not the hard. Don't pat yourself check, on the back. It's check the trending easy. topics on Twitter any given day. Jesus. <laughs> so anyways, and look, I'm for people that are trying to get into this business. I understand like the want and maybe they, hey, maybe, you know, a guy that knows a guy and that feels like that's a good enough source. It's not. It's really not. It's that's not what professionals do. There's a reason why professionals are professionals. I'm not even sure where I am. I'm semi-professional, right? Like I'm, 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 <laughs> I, I'm I got a semi. Uh, you play for the Flint Tropics? <laughs> are you saying that you play for the Flint Tropics? That's you know what? That's not that's fair. That's fair. And I, you know what? I fucking love it. Where'd you I am like, not worried about you having like, to make yeah. having to break news. And the reason why I put breaking news up on the, the site and not put breaking news in the titles of it is because we have a very, very large and very fun group of, of regulars. Everyone wants to talk about it. You know, our message board is free and it's on the front page. If it's news, it's going up there. So so everyone that reads One Foot Down can read it and, and have fun with it. Yeah, and the and the readers are good about that. Like if something happens, like you know, they'll let a half an hour pass, but they won't let you go an hour or two without no. without commenting on the previous article. Hey, by the way, Braden Lindsay's coming back for another season. You know, basically, like you know, they I want am to talk deep about in it. dog puke. Yeah, they want to talk about it. You know, so <laughs> so anyway, um, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up, Jude. It's just, and I'm I'm really not trying to knock anybody down. I get it. I've been doing this since. 2006, and I have made mistakes myself. I have stepped over my the line a few times myself. Hey, it, it happens. And if you're out there listening to this, just learn from it. Know your fucking role. Know your goddamn role. Well, and and, and then the last thing I'll say is if you're if you're truly hungry about breaking into this business, go apply for that job that's the recruiting reporter for Inside ND Sports. That that Tyler, you get to work with Tyler James and Eric Hansen for God's sake. I mean, you won't make a lot of money, but that will be a great um, place to cut your teeth and to and they they're looking for a young, energetic person who's willing to basically fly all over the, the country and, you know, and do what needs to be done to cover recruiting like a dog, like like the way that Mike Singer and a bunch of other people from Blue and Gold worked their way up and now are, you know, Tom running Moore on did three. That. Yeah, absolutely. So um, if, if, the, if you truly want to do it the right way, there are opportunities and they come open every once in a while. And I would definitely encourage anybody who, who feels that who feels strongly about that, who wants to be in the mix, um, to go do that because boy, you got, I mean, the people that love those jobs, they love them not because of the pay. They love them because they love, you know, they just love the action. It's fun. It's, you know, it, you know what, Jude, you know what another, is another great way for people to break in coming right for one foot down. If you if you actually Amen. want to be a if you actually want to be a journalist, let's say you're a college student right now, and that's that's the that's the area you you want to go into. You love Notre Dame football. There is an opportunity, at, or, or whatever sport, the blogs have it covered, and we have no problem taking free labor. And I say that <laughs> with a with very tongue in cheek, but it's very upfront. I'm not I'm not paying you. But if you want, if you want a place where it's your work is highly visible, and you get to learn the ropes a little bit, it's a, just call it an internship instead of uh, instead of like uh, free labor. 
just call, just call it an unpaid internship like we have done for 60, 70 years. Just say it. There, there are routes people can take if that's the path you want to go on. But if, like, if you were literally just a person who was just like, I want Twitter clout for no fucking reason other than I want that, that's you're just fucking lame and stay away forever. I mean, I just there's a lot of people who are crushing it and recruiting. Um, Greg and Jamie are doing a great job breaking down film. Hey, uh, Kevin Sinclair I, wrote for One Foot Down. Yeah. Yep. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. I mean, like Jamie Uyama. Jamie Uyama was before I was at one foot down, wrote a one foot down at ISD. I mean, there's sure. Chris Wilson who runs the race newsletter. I mean, he wrote for one foot down. I'm not going to keep selling like that route. Like what I'm just saying, there are routes to take. If you want to be serious, uh, I don't want to even say this business. You want to be serious up all up in this thing. There's routes to take You see how serious I am about it. Um, yeah. (laughs) So anyways, Blue check marks exist for a reason, uh, and I'll just leave. I'm I'm done talking about that. And I, and and I, kind of a side here, which is I'm excited about Pete Thamel joining ESPN to be mini mini Adam Shafter, the uh, the like Adam Shafter of, of college football. So yeah, I think I think that's good. That dude, for that dude's got scoops like a mug, anyways. I just I think I'm it's not, funny. I'm not that sure they, what his source is at Notre Dame, but it's it's as good as anybody's. Well, we all thought it was Brian Kelly because he used to be very cozy with Brian Kelly, right? But right. Uh, clearly, that's not the case anymore. Um, was it's it it's got to be Jack, right? I just think it's funny that the Yahoo Football uh, podcast is now going to be one guy from ESPN, one guy from Yahoo, one guy from SI. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really hope that doesn't go away, though. It's one of my, actually one of my favorite podcasts, and, and it's something that um, I think that we try to, to do, just not consciously. We just – they don't take anything very seriously over there. And I think we're very, we have very much the same vibe, which is like college football should be fun. We should be enjoying ourselves. If you're not here to enjoy yourself, then what's the point, you know? So even when I am screaming and throwing shit across the room while speaking on the <laughs> microphone, I am having a blast. Uh, so, uh, speaking of having a blast, Brendan, what kind of blast do you think uh, reviews are? Um, well, it depends on what we're looking for, but primarily, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the reviews we're looking for are those earned Jeremiah Wusu Kormoa five stars. My, my, am I yeah, right there? I, I think I think that's important. Yeah, that's important. Uh, reminder, y'all, get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. Every review that you leave, we will read on the next OFD podcast. And, uh, yeah, we are looking for those earned five stars. Faux show. Faux show. So I got – we had a little bit of a break. Uh, people are probably just still blown away by the uh, Jimmy Clausen Hawaii remembrance. Uh, but I got one, <laughs> <laughs> one, tonight, one tonight to share. That's a five-star here from uh, Clashmore Mike 2022. And it says, uh, earners, Jeff Samarja, five-star. Excellent. Uh, love the show. Is it me or Aiden Gobera look like Kylo Ren? Good oh, to see God, Freeman yes. is recruiting the dark side. Go Irish. That's not bad. That's that's not bad. I'll put that he, in the hopper. Is, wait a second. Is he the first person to mention that? Because I definitely thought that, but never actually said that out loud. And I'm not trying to take this kid's I, credit, but I just like that. That's he looks like Adam Driver to me. That's a that's a, he's got an Adam Driver vibe to me. That's the so. first time I've ever thought about it. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 
Put that in the hopper, Brendan. It's in the hopper, yeah. <laughs> hey, and Gobera was a—I mean, that, that's a huge recruiting win for Notre Dame because that was that was a guy that was, you know, targeted as a three-star. Uh, like this—it's not like Kyle Hamilton level, but it's like at, as such, where here's a three-star with you know, kind of medium-range offers, and then the guy just kind of blows up. You know, he's a really, he had a really great uh, spring season because they didn't have a fall season because uh, of COVID in 2020. And the pictures of him before that were like this scrawny sophomore, like with legs the size of like twigs. And a lot of people are like, what the hell is Notre Dame doing here? And then you see the development in his body and in his gameplay. And it's like, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, maybe that's very Kylo Ren like. I don't know. I mean, Luke didn't see that shit coming, and he should have. You mean Han Solo? No, Luke. A little Luke. Yeah. Betrayed him. I mean, it's it's a total deviation from canon from the twins as it is anyway, so uh, it's hard hard to get a grasp on that. Yeah, Yeah, great great insight. Thank you for sharing that. I just did a a Twitter search for uh, Aiden Gobira. Uh, Kylo Ren, Aiden Gobira looks like Aiden Gobira, Adam Driver, and nobody had ever made that point. So I'm so glad somebody made that point. That's huge. <laughs> that's a that's a win for today. Thank you, uh, and uh, as always, go Irish. <laughs> 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 All right, boys, let's get to some uh, let's get to some crab or goon and some egg rolls and some. Some fried dumplings uh, with some with some ponzu sauce. Let's get let's get into the feast here. Well, Ton of shit not. going on. Yeah. Most recently was uh, today's news that Chancey Stuckey, uh, former wide receiver coach for the Baylor Bears, former Clemson wide receiver himself, uh, will be Notre Dame's new wide receiver coach. Brendan, we know that we got this news from Jude uh, a few days ago. This name, mind you, a few days ago as a possibility. Uh, what are you? I've kind of seen some mixed uh, reviews from from just fans uh, about this hire. Uh, I think those what, what mixed reviews thought? are off point. Um, so I, when Jude when Jude dropped us the name, he gave us like a, it was like a treasure hunt. I refused to play. I let you. I let you. I didn't all in. I I didn't give you the name. You figured out the name. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I went all in. So like I'm cross-referencing guys because you – I think the criteria was um, he was a former player and – but he's not at this current university, um, wide receivers coach, power five, uh, yeah. African-American. And like it was yep. narrowing it down. Uh, he's Marcus Fre- – he played the same time Marcus Freeman. So I'm like I'm <laughs> going through every wide receivers coach. In- you guys, the, D- the DMs are crazy. <laughs> This was absolute loony business the other day. But the the good uh, thing was is that, like I learned a lot about I learned a, a lot about a lot about wide receiver scores. Oh yeah, and, and wide Stucky, receiver yeah, sure. coach and about yeah. Stucky and I guess um, he was the wide. Re- he's only been a positional coach for one year. This was his first year as a positional coach. He was under Dave Aranda's staff as the wide receivers coach. And Jude pointed out that you know his wide receivers were all top fifty in the PFF. Um, uh, metrics, right? The yeah. routing and whatever. Um, 
And for the record, just I want to slip one in here. There's a guy in the transfer portal I absolutely love. R.J. Sneed would be a great addition. He is, um, a grad, I believe, a graduate transfer out of Baylor. So, just saying, if he liked, uh, if he liked Chancey Stuckey, I would, I would love for him to uh, join our team if he has the, uh, the right fit. Yeah. Well, the the other part of him too is he cut his teeth really um, with his alma mater at Clemson. Um, he was a he was on Dabo's staff as uh, I think the title was like part of player development for yeah, two offensive years. Player development, yeah. So he was part of offensive player development for two years. And I believe Clemson. he did a, like did a grad assistant maybe the year prior. Is that what happened? Twenty nineteen. Yeah, gr- he, grad, yeah grad, grad, assistant. grad assistant, and then moved up yeah. to player development, and then went on to Aranda staff. Um, I like the hire for a couple of reasons. I mean, there was another name that was floated out there. There was the, the wide receivers coach out of Purdue, Shepard, um, which is Jamarcus, the direction. Yeah, yeah Jamarcus Shepard, which was the direction a lot of people went. And I think that – and a lot of the insiders went with it too is is kind of pegging that the name. And when I think about this, it's like that's the Brian Kelly hire is Shepard because you look at the names, right? You, you think Rondell Moore, you think David Bell, and those are like the sexy names. And it's like, well, he's going to help me get the next Rondell Moore. And I don't think that that's how this works. And I don't think that that's how Marcus Freeman works. That's, that's what BK probably would have done for this move. Um, you know, he's in state. It, it just made sense. But the Stucky move I like because one, he's young, he's uh 36. Um, He's a former all ACC wide receiver for Clemson. Um, so he knows the game, um, you know, a lot like Marcus Freeman did. Um, he's from Georgia, which is a, a giant plus for me, about a hundred miles from Athens. Um, and so he's got some inroads there and in that he knows that recruiting base. He knows that area, which is that's where Notre Dame wants to pull kids from. They want to pull kids from Georgia. They want to pull kids from that region of the South. Um, So I like that his footprint is based out of there. He's been in Texas, which I like that as well. He's recruited Texas, which is a plus as well, being the wide receivers coach for Baylor, which is nice. Um, And, you know, being 36, you have to assume, you know, with a younger guy like that, there's there's probably going to be a focus. You know, he's he's probably more of a dog on the recruiting trail, uh, which I like as well. I'm. I guess I'm just less concerned with the sort of acumen and um, sort of, uh, you know, their ability to coach up wide receivers and a storied um, coaching career in that position. Because I think the wide receivers coach position is a recruiting position. You see it with Brian Hartline. Um, Dabo Sweeney was a wide receivers coach. Urban Meyer Urban was Meyer. a receivers coach. That is a, that is a position that I, I just, I don't put a premium on technique, like a, you know, an offensive line or defensive line or something where it's really technique heavy. I, I just think you need to get the kids. And for a guy like him that has played the position, um, it's, it's more about fitting within the offensive scheme and like, I don't know how much coaching up of wide receivers is there as, as opposed to maybe more technical positions. I I, I don't know for certain, but I, I love this move because of where he's from. He was, he was part of a Clemson staff that was in on, um, you know, top 100 receivers. He was in on, you know, they, they recruited well. I mean, it just, 
I like I like this move from Freeman. It's it's outside the box. It's young. It's dynamic. This this can work. Uh, I just want to add one thing. I agree with the, what uh, Brennan said. I'm also very excited about this hire. Um, Tyler Horka, writing for Blue and Gold over at On3.com, mentioned that uh, Stuckey in his professional career played nine games for the Arizona Cardinals in 2011, where the wide receivers coach was actually John McNulty, who's now the tight ends coach for Notre Dame. Oh, look at that. Oh, look, yeah. at that. look at that. Yeah, so I, I hey. actually I didn't, I didn't realize that, that, uh, that connection. So th- thank you, Tyler, for pointing that out. Hey, speaking of uh, John McNulty, I'm going to – so um, – oh, no, that's not – well, I'll go ahead and mention it. This is, this is not this – is not, <laughs> I was thinking John McNulty for a second. I'm like, wait, McNulty. Nope, I'll get to this other part later. Nope, never mind. Okay. <laughs> McNulty. All right. Never mind. Um, uh, Chancey Stuckey in my mind sounds like the ABBA song. Take a chance on me. Chancey Stuckey chance on me. No, anyone? No, I no. like it. Take, yeah. Take no, a chance it, on it. It could work. Yeah. It could work. If you chance. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> I am. I guess I am all for. I guess right now I'm all for, for new blood. Like uh, we'll talk about. He stand here in a minute. Not, I'm not, and I'm not saying I was against the, he stand higher. I'm just saying it's a guy, you know, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, I wouldn't mind, you know, new blood, new ideas, new, new way of doing things uh, infused into the program. I mean, after a, after the Brian Kelly era where a majority of the staff that was with Brian Kelly this last year returns Notre Dame, I do think that there still needs to be fresh ideas brought into the program. Uh, and w- whether it's at your assistant coach level, analyst level, whatever it is, new ideas, new way of thinking, new, new people to bounce things off of. I think that's very, very important. I think it's an underrated part of coaching. I think like you don't think Saban doesn't pick the brains of every, uh, random fired head, head coach that he ends <laughs> up hired as an analyst. I mean, I mean, seriously, like the, these are the kind of things that, that you can, you know, sharpen your knives on, uh, is, is just some new stuff. And if Notre Dame needs that, this definitely feels like that young, energetic, love the energy. Uh, so yeah, I mean, just go out and recruit. That's your job. Recruit and get these guys ready to catch the balls. And I want to add teach one a thing double, to- teach a double move, how to get off press coverage. That's all I, I ask. I want to add one thing to what Joshua said, because I think that this is, I think with young and energetic, which I, I am obviously also for, um, comes probably in experience and also some mistakes that, that get made that maybe more experienced coaches would not make, whether it be on the field in terms of how the game is called or on the recruiting trail or whatever it had be. But, um, I, you know, I'm thinking of like, I'm thinking there's got to be a name for these guys because you got Lance Taylor at 40, uh, Chancey at 38, Marcus at 36, Mike Mickens at 34, Tommy at 29. I mean, I don't know that there's a ton more staff where literally it's a 40 and under crowd. You know, uh, that's that's a real rarity. And then to have um, as many Notre Dame uh, is young and hip. And, and to have many. And have as many African-American coaches too. I, I mean, I, I don't, 
I mean, maybe, uh, you know, obviously like a Grambling or Southern or something like that. That'd be, but at certainly in Notre Dame, this is where we're starting to reach sort of unprecedented ter- territory with Neil Ivy being in uh, women's basketball and the new hire in volleyball. Like, it's just, um, it's cool. It's cool to see um, so many talented people getting getting jobs in Notre Dame who don't look like the uh, the old white guys that came before them. And I know we're going to hire a new but a familiar old white guy face, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but. So, all right. So what, what do you guys want to talk about next? You guys want to talk about he's Yeah, let's do he's Okay. Harry the worst Heastan. kept secret in the world. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's been known by pretty much uh, the entire internet for uh, at, at least a month, right? Oh yeah. Like the, I, the rumblings were coming yeah, up like, mid mid Jan, mid December. Yeah. yeah, that was it was it was definitely the route that you that everyone was pretty sure was going to happen after everyone was pretty sure that it was not going to happen. I have to say that. Like every fan was bringing up East stand and most reporters are like, "Yeah. You know, probably not." And then that all flipped pretty quickly. Like uh, everybody's one source was like, hey, this is going to happen. I was like, oh, shit. Here we go. Uh, so Harry Stan's coming back. Uh, and look, I I think I got some mixed feelings about this just a little bit. And I guess it all depends on how Notre Dame is playing this out. So actually, I'll just say – I'm happy that a Joe Moore winning coach is going to be coaching the offensive line. They're going to get better coaching than they have uh, under Jeff Quinn. Definitely uh, better in-game adjustments. Um, The recruiting part, which was a stickler for a lot of people, I think at that position group, you you need a better coach than recruiter, and that's not my that's my own original thought. That's that is by a lot of people uh, think that way. Um, and I think Marcus is okay with that as much as he was adamant about having coaches that go out there and hit the trail hard and blah, 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 blah. I think he's okay with chipping in, getting the linemen that, that we want and having Harry coach him. And that's if he stands even going to be coaching. I mean, some of these guys you're recruiting may not be playing until in year three. And maybe then he stand moves on and someone younger moves in, which the Chris Watt stuff, maybe that's a possibility there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I I like to hire just in that. Um, I think that that's what the staff needed, uh, sort of. Um, I'm not. I can't speak to. I mean, I've seen he's got defenders and he's got detractors um, from former players um, as far as his coaching style goes. But I don't think that he's if, – if he's coming here just to, to be formally on the books to teach technique and to allow Notre Dame to get back to putting first-round offensive linemen into the NFL and getting the keys to uh, a Ferrari, let's be honest. He's getting the keys to a Ferrari as far as the te- – he's never had college access to the level of um, guys – as far as rankings go, I mean, yes, he did have, um, you know, uh, Quentin and, but I mean, 
Blake Fisher is is a unicorn at left tackle or potentially oh, right tackle. Is is he a left tackle? Because there's another I don't know. unicorn. Uh, there's another unicorn on <laughs> the other Alt. side in Joe Alt. Um he has I mean he has the 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 players that he you know there there are no I'm I'm looking at the 2022 line and just like when you were like find me a loss find me the flaw in the 2022 Notre Dame offensive line cuz I'm not finding a flaw and if he's able to come in and teach them some technique tricks and the kind of stuff that was able to get um you know Zach Martin and uh Ronnie Stanley and Mike McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson um Nick Martin Nick Martin be some of the highest paid NFL offensive linemen playing in the game today at the highest level. Um, if that guy can come in and do that for these, these kids, um, I'm sure a more dedicated recruiting staff can come in and say, Hey, here's Harry. He can be, he can be a closer. If, if Harry wants to be a closer, he's not your head coach. He can come in and show up at the last minute and let, let the other guys on the staff, sort of get on everybody and just be like, Harry's busy coaching him up. Do you want to come coach? Do you want to come play under Harry? And he'll get you in the NFL. Here's, here's his uh, resume of getting guys to the, to the show. So I'm okay with that. Your head coach being that sort of position, I have a little bit more problem with, or even an offensive or defensive coordinator. But if a positional coach is, is that way, and it's one where he brings such a strength, um, and and I would hope that just with the synergy of the rest of the staff, they can sort of soften some of maybe the things that, um, you know, turn some noses a little sour. Maybe, you know, some time off, some time to think. Um, I, I think I, there's there's not a way that there is not a way that this is not a good move. Right. I. I think what I think a point Jude's about to make that I'm going to I'm going to steal from him is that because the staff is so young, uh, like having some experience and some war scars uh, is just an added bonus. Like like learning needs some some veteran status on that coaching staff. I think Mike Ellison provides a lot of that. I mean, I love the youth and energy of a of of a young staff, but you definitely need guys that have seen pretty much everything. Uh, you're you're going to need a couple of those guys to help guide you along the way. I'm, I'm just just sometimes it's small things, but those small things all add up and they make them big. You know, it becomes a big thing, um, and so that's a plus. Look, Harry Heastan is one of the best offensive line coaches ever, so it's a plus. <laughs> to hire the guy it is an absolute plus. So I mean, I'm happy with it. Jude, do so, you make that point at all of the experience or projecting uh, her? Uh, no, yeah. but I, I, no. I don't think it's, I, I think it's a well-made point. So thank you for sharing it with us. Um, <laughs> look, I, um, I shared some thoughts about um, how conflicted I feel about this hire on Twitter and, and it, it brought out a real a venomous part of our fan base, which I was really not. I was really kind of surprised. I mean, it's just one guy giving his opinion. Um, I certainly am not an insider or anything like that. Um, look, there are a lot of people that played for Harry stand, whether they were offensive linemen or were just sort of in his in his um, in his area when, when they were at Notre Dame. 
that think this is a great hire. And so I'm going to defer to them. Um, I still do have concerns about the way that he coaches up players and the manner in which he goes about it. But um, I, uh, I, I guess I, I guess I hope that maybe a couple of years away from it has, has somehow helped in that respect. Um, I'm not sure how it would have, but I'm just, I guess I'm just hopeful that he can find a way to um, be as excellent as he is in teaching the fundamentals without, um, you know, really, uh, I guess, well, I mean, I, I don't really know what, I really don't know what the accusation is. I guess it would be kind of unfair to, to say something specific because I, I really, I guess I wasn't there. I wasn't present for any of it. I I've heard, the, I've heard some stories and, and they're a little troubling, but, um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hope for the best. And the, I guess the, the last thing I want to say is, um, nobody deserves a, a coronation. There's not one person on who we can hire, whether it would be, um, you know, Lou Holtz in 1986 or, or, uh, Urban Meyer in 2004 or anybody who would have, um, been perfect, who was a wonderful individual who never made a mistake, who, uh, always has teams prepared or whatever. Um, I just, when you guys are remembering the good times about the Joe Moore awards and the guys who are drafted in the NFL and have gone on to success in the NFL, all credit to Harry on that. I'm not taking away anything, but I also remember, Alabama 2013 and Miami 2017 and Ohio state 2016 when those offensive lines under Harry just did not show up for big games. So even even the Georgia game in 2017, the Joe Moore Georgia team, like they managed 40, 43 yards on the ground. If I recall 43 yards on the ground and it took Quentin Nelson basically making the most superhuman play I've ever seen in a college football game in order to, you know, keep Notre Dame in it. And the game ended on McGlinchey getting beat for a sack strip fumble. Right. So. And and so look, you can say, Oh, that's a McGlinchey specific problem or that's not on Harry or uh, it's not his fault that the quarterback was Brandon Wimbush. You couldn't, you know, couldn't hit the broadside of a barn or whatever. You can talk away anything that you want to. I'm just, if you think that this is going to be a panacea for all the problems, I just, I disagree. And if, and when the team struggles next year, um, I, I just what, if you watch enough from the Harry, he thing, you'll, you'll see more, way more good than bad, but that doesn't mean it was perfect. Well, if they but struggle next go. year, it's Schrodinger's Quinn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go back to that where it was Harry's line. When Quinn Ex- explain that. Well. Yeah. Explain that. That's good. So, so when Quinn it's had never your line, yeah, it's never your line. Uh, you need it's not till year three. Uh, if things are going, if, if things, things are going poorly, but if things are going bad, well then it's it's Quinn. So if if things go bad next year, you'll see that uh, the stuff being written. Well, you know it's uh it's because Quinn was there and didn't didn't give Harry more time. But if they're going great, it's like ah, oh, we'll look at the 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 he stand difference, and it's like well. You know, maybe it's a mixture of both. I think Quinn was um, a very, very, very good offensive line coach. Uh, I don't think he gets enough credit for it. Um, the job that he did this season was nothing short of miraculous, uh, specifically, you know, with the the turnover in the line and what they started at and what they finished as. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see some Schrodinger's Quinn. And I and I very much think that Jeff Quinn as an analyst at LSU is a 
is to borrow a cliche, a home run higher. Um, if you can get that guy at analyst rates, that's, um, I think you're getting, I think you're getting a pretty good guy. So, which Notre Dame had for a little they bit. Did. We had, we had Quinn as a, as an analyst for a little while. Yeah. I, do you guys, I get they run a little different here, but do you guys think it's kind of strange? Like some of these guys that have been, co- have, have coached at Notre Dame at the assistant level and like where their next jobs were like, like chip long, how long did it take him to find like a yeah. real job? Uh, Jeff Quinn, you know, like what he's going to be doing now. Um, Matt LaFleur coaching my fucking Packers to a, no, a one seed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he seems- Pete maybe Samson maybe this time he'll learn uh, not to uh, kick a field goal. Maybe this year. Yeah. Pete Samson, <laughs> Pete Samson had a tweet tonight that reminded me that both college football is an eternity and it also is like was just right around the corner, right? Hunter Johnson is in the transfer portal, and if you might remember, Hunter Johnson is being very very coveted by Notre Dame. I believe he was from the state of Indiana, if I recall correctly, and yes. he, he ended up going to. Clemson. Clemson then transferred to Northwestern. And now he's, now he's intending to transfer again. And Pete Sampson made the point that his primary recruiter was Matt LaFleur. <laughs> who has been three seasons with the Packers now. I mean, it's just <laughs> what high school you know, did he go to Josh? Just curious. Yeah. I'm sure Josh knows. Oh my God. Hunter Johnson. Ah. Oh no. Oh wow. I mean, it's not, Indiana's Ohio, so not as much as Ohio, we can't ding him. but yeah. he had, he well, had, to, well, he wasn't, he did not commit to Notre Dame. Mm. So, okay. That doesn't count. That but actually, but that still doesn't mean I shouldn't know him or what high school he went to. Fuck, you know, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure it was like, uh, uh, it was down south. It was a ride. Right. So ah. the internet is telling me Brownsburg High School, Brownsburg, Indiana. Yeah. Okay. That's south. But I mean, that's, which is a lot of, <laughs> a lot of area <laughs> of South, but yeah. Okay. Um, Bear Bryant's grandson. I was not going to say, I was not going to say Brownsburg. I, th- I was probably going to say something like, like Lawrence, uh, or something like that, but okay. Suburbs Bear Bryant's maybe. grandson is also in the, uh, the transfer portal. So yeah, he, is, he was, he was actually yeah. Paul Tyson, right? Yeah. Was his name? Yeah. He had a, he had an offer from Notre Dame. Uh, he was targeted yep. as a recruit. They were pretty. I feel like they were pretty aggressive about that, if I recall correctly, but maybe not. I think Notre Dame was recruited him as much as hard as any other quarterback at the time. You know uh, but pretty much every everybody knew what was going to happen. Come the funny part time. about that, the funny part about that though, is that what I I believe would mark the first win by anyone from the Bear Bryant family tree to get a win against Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> It's fun that we can still make that joke. <laughs> Dunking on his houndstooth ass. Yeah, let's just keep doing it. Um, I saw a newsletter today from uh, Jason Kirk, his newsletter about the uh, consensus national champions and uh, just obliterating Alabama on a few, especially the 1973 uh, oh, God. claim that yeah. they have. Is, uh, it's you think Alabama I, at some I, point does it just, every year? It's just it, it's just kind of like a special treat. At what uh, point do they be embarrassed about that? At what point? Because they've won what like nine titles under Saban. At what point do they get embarrassed about like claim? Like I get the seventy three claim when it's well, look, like I did two thousand. 
I did the story like what, like three years ago to explain, uh, to basically just to sell a t-shirt that we thought was a good idea, Yeah, <laughs> but, but it was, a, but it's a great story about, you know, Alabama's SID just showing up and being like, I'm going to change this because I think this is how, how it should have been. I'm going to change how we look at this and it's going to make us look better. And he did it. And it would be it's it, it, it is effectively like Notre Dame. But what I, what I thirty loved years about, later claiming or twenty years later claiming two thousand and twelve because of what the that's ma- exactly is what the it is. Massey? No, Coley yeah, Matrix uh, or Coley Matrix. Coley Matrix. Yes. Yeah. What, what yeah, Kirk did in his newsletter? He said exactly that. Is like, yeah, Bama, you could still claim seventy three, but you have to trade that seventy three for the two thousand and twelve then, because that's that's it's the same thing. But how how stupid does that sound? This for I mean, I, as many as I will, Notre Dame has 21 national championships. I will not claim the 22nd, which by right we can because of the Coley Matrix, because the 22nd was 2012. And, and they played that can, game on the field. <laughs> I, still, the I still need like 10 more years before I before I'll reach back and claim that. I will. Trust me, I will at some point. When claim that as a national championship. When Dylan has been willed one foot down and he's on the podcast in like <laughs> that I have 2042. Failed at, I have failed at life completely, if that's the case. Uh, or maybe not. He's out I mean, there, he's out there pounding the table, holding his uh <laughs> pinching his index finger to his thumb. No, what uh, he's doing is selling 2012 national championship t-shirts. Selling a 12 national championship. <laughs> This was actually our last national championship, which is so, just like oh God, one, one of the things that I want to say is like you can do whatever you want with your media guide, but that doesn't mean that ESPN is just going to go along with it. And that's the but thing that do. kills. That's the thing that kills me about the Alabama is they put the helmet out there with the number of claimed national championships, and then they have the audacity to run graphics that say Notre Dame has only won eleven national championships or whatever, but Alabama's won sixteen, and it's like whoa, 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 wait a second, you're using two different ways of going right. about Dude. numbers there, you know? Right. Yeah. It's that's, you know what though? That's Notre Dame's fucking fault. Yeah, that's absolutely. Completely Notre Dame's absolutely. Fault. And I've yeah, at least now Notre Dame does put the 21 in their, in their game notes each week. Sure. I say jet, but they, they say 11 consensus or 11 unanimous or whatever the fuck it is. Right. 11 consensus national championships. And then 21 total national championships. Just use the fucking biggest number you got. That's the only thing that matters to anybody. Well, it's They're like, not, it's like, do no you remember was, when they, no. when they, like when they first got the NCAA pe- penalty and they were using the, the wrong numbers in terms of oh, like, yeah. and then they asterisked it for a while. And now the recent game notes, if I recall correctly, they've just been like, fuck it. These are the numbers. And here's a tiny little asterisk that says, Hey, exactly. By the way, Which is exactly how they should do it. We vacated some shit, and if you want to look it up, go ahead and do so. You know what I mean? But like, stop that. apologizing for that shit. So, yeah. Notre Dame is the winningest, te- uh, winningest team in college football. Love it. Love it. Just fucking Jill, You make this is this is nothing but fucking chaos magic. Just will it into existence. If you say the thing, you mean the thing. You will the thing to life. If you say. Katie Lonergan, Notre Dame has 21 national championships, and that's the only thing you put out. That is the reality. That is what it is. Yeah, you have get, to be able to. You have to be willing the, to light a few candles, and a pentagram, you, yeah, and some it, salt, and you can do it. 
And you have to be willing to have the defector guys dunk on you. That's fine. Who cares? As long as ESPN starts repeating it, that's all you need. Bama gets dunked on it for it all the time, and yet people still count the number. Now, how much does that matter when they've been winning like every other national championship over the last decade? Can't really say, can you? But but before that, I mean, they were they were getting. I mean, they still get dunked on for the night for the seventy three, right? Yet people still count it. So who fucking cares? Right. Will it into existence? All right. Speaking of willing things into existence. Uh, this whole trav- transfer portal, NFL draft stuff, this stuff is just b- berserker. Like I said, if you go to go to the the uh, one foot down uh, front page, it was just like, it, you know, it's probably half planned by the players or the sports information. Look, they, they're going to ND for graphics and all that other shit. Just one after another of announcements. Basically, long story short, Kevin Austin is leaving for the NFL draft. And everybody else is coming back. <laughs> Tariq Bracey is the only one that we don't know about uh, for certain right now that I know of. Uh, but Jarrett Patterson is returning, which is fucking is fantastic. It, Isaiah, is it Isaiah really, really selfish of me to to wish Isaiah Pryor had come back for a sixth year? I, I love that guy. I thought he was great. Yeah, that you know what? You're right. That was the one I was actually disappointed in. Um, but, but keep going but with your he, list. Isaiah Foskey's huge, obviously. Jared Patterson's huge, huge, huge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, look, Avery, Avery Davis, Davis. Which, huge. Uh, Kahanu Kia leaving for uh, a mission, mission trip in in Raleigh, um, <laughs> which, you know, which actually makes a difference. Like Chris Badger, when he left, he was down in like Ecuador, I think. And look, he got out of like game shape. You know what I mean? Like you're not in like you're not in America. You don't have access to all of the um, all the gyms and all that shit. Kia's gonna have that in the Raleigh area, right? Like it's gonna be easier for him to keep his his playing form than it was for Chris Badger. These guys, a lot of whether they go to Notre Dame or Oregon State or USC or whatever, if they leave for the mission trips, I would say roughly. 90% of them end up at BYU when it's all said and done. Yeah. They're so juiced up on the, on their, uh, their LDS Joseph love. Smith, yeah. That, yeah. That they are, there's only one place Provo. Uh, I don't know. Well, and but, and uh, I think, I think that like culturally and for a fit, like after you, after you go on that mission and stuff, just culturally, it just, you just fit better. Well, well, and there's a lot you of have different you're older, right? You're older. And, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of older people. There's a lot of older guys on BYU's uh, team because of their mission trip. You know what I mean? Like that's an older team. And how, you take a, do, like, how, let's say you take a mission trip to like Haiti for a year or like, you know, the, you take a trip to Africa for a year. You're not going to come back from your mission trip and playing shape. And right. like the Notre Dame staff, isn't going to be able to, or nor are they going to have, or like regular colleges aren't going to have the time nor the inclination to get you back up to speed because they've already recruited over you since then. But BYU Counter- has a whole system in place for that, right? right. I mean, BYU. Counter- counterpoint, what if you don't go on a mission at all and become the most decorated defensive player in college football history? Your mission was to be the most decorated <laughs> player in college football I, history. I mean, I mean that. To be honest with you, is that not the Alohi Gilman sort of way, right? Or anybody who's ever gone to, to Navy and wanted to play in the NFL 
right after the Navy. Hey, don't make me go sit on a boat. Let me go spread the gospel of playing Navy football in the NFL. Right. Right. Yeah. Ambassador as an ambassador. ambassador yeah. 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 An admiral. Like, couldn't you do more for the, <laughs> for the goodwill of the, of the Naval Academy program by balling out in the NFL than you could being, uh, you know, 17th, uh, you know, swab deck, uh, patron. You don't you even know. know. Some, you don't even know. the I, I don't, I don't know. No. And somebody's going to probably <laughs> right, rightly call me out on this. What is it? Uh, <laughs> ensign? I don't know. What's the lowest ensign? rank? Ensign? Well, I mean, yeah. they, they, no, 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 army, no, no, right? no. They're not that low because they're coming out of the academy. They're yeah, Ensign Crusher. Officers. Yeah, they're, they're already officers coming out of the uh, – and gentlemen, frankly. Come, come on, dude. But, yeah, I think that it – as far as Navy goes – You can't handle the truth, Jude. Absolutely I, more clearly. so. You get a better quality of kid to come to Navy, theoretically. Um, and, you know, what percentage of kids that commit to a university end up actually going to the NFL? It's pretty low, right? Yeah. What, 20 percent oh. maybe? Get a cup of coffee for a while. <laughs> a cup of coffee sounds about right. Um, I do want to say I am very excited for uh, for Bo Bauer to make another make another run at at uh, Notre Dame. That's fucking just excellent. That was the best news that day. Excited for Bo Bauer, his shaggy mang, uh, his wonderful porn stash. <laughs> so rank your uh, top three returning players then. Like of the guys well, who came back. Well, I said, I think I said in the last podcast, I, I went against the grain a little bit where I had Patterson being Foster. more important than Foster. Yeah. And I will, and I will stand by that. And and that's more of a personal, I, I'm not going to argue with anybody about, about who's more important Foster or Patterson. I, I, I totally get the arguments personally. I am happy. If I had to choose, it was going to be Patterson if, gun to my head. I wanted Patterson back. Uh, but yeah, so Patterson, Foskey, and probably Avery Davis. That's number three. Interesting. I uh, do. Do you have anybody uh, that sticks out for a three spot? I was just thinking that, and I, I'm really kind of kind of struck have, that there's no I, obvious. It's Avery Davis. I think isn't it? No, it's not. It's not. It's not Avery Davis. I have an obvious answer, and it's not Avery Davis. It's Brayden Lindsay for the sole purpose that if they didn't have Brayden Lindsay coming back, what is that depth chart for spring practice and what do reps look like? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, like what is your wide receiver rotation going into the spring? If you don't have Brayden Lindsay in your wide receiver room, I mean, Wapu nation about to get heard. So I I mean, Salerno's already going to get a scally, right? So <laughs> he might, I don't know. We might, we might be running tight by, by the time that, uh, yeah, it might, it might be around, but he's going to get some reps and he's going, like, he's going to, does he, ca- he catches four or five balls in the blue gold game, right? Oh, for he's, sure. Yeah. He's, listen, he is blue gold game MVP, Matt Salerno. Uh, it's happening. It is prophecy. Well, yeah. I, I would, I would it's kind prophecy. of be concerned. I would be very concerned with 2022. If he was a blue Ellen, game listen, and it's not like at, Buckner or something. At least if Salerno's the blue and gold MVP, we don't have to worry about our starters not being up to the standard of what our hype was after the blue gold game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if the curse falls on Salerno rather than somebody else, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Cause I th- um, the blue gold game MVP last year was Buckner, right? So Salerno is definitely staying for a fifth year. 
that's like that's locked in. I I think that's probably not as locked in as we're making it out to be, okay. but it's going to happen. But it's going to happen. Sources. Because I, I I know a guy who could I don't know return a kick or a punt if you needed him. He just transferred in several. from Northwestern University. Yeah, yeah. Are we gonna bring up uh, bring up this gem? Yeah, let's do it. Go ahead, Jude. You're 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 so, the guy with the sources. So there was a guy uh, named Brandon Joseph who, um, as soon as he popped on the the transfer portal list. Uh, I think Tyler James and Pete Sampson immediately tweeted about him. And I learned a lot through this process of, um, of learning about, about Brandon Joseph, because, um, I thought there was no way that they could take a sophomore and it turns out they can, (laughs) they can. So, um, so, so I I guess I will say is Brandon Joseph is a bit of a unicorn, right? Which is that he went to Northwestern, which is a, a, I would say a like for like school in terms of academic rigor, um, you know, with with Notre Dame. And I think that uh, maybe there's one or two or three other schools that maybe who play serious football who would fit sort of in that uh, realm. And I'm thinking of Stanford, Boston College. Uh, No, I'm thinking Stanford, definitely um, Boston College, Vanderbilt and Duke. (laughs) Boston College. No. No, no we will not say that. No, of course not. You would, um, you would not, but you would not put the educational level of BC on the same level as a Northwestern Duke. You're Ish. asking Jude an alum to ask if backup college is on the I'm same just, level. I'm, no, he will I'm never get admit that in a million years. I mean, are you finished yet? So I can, I can keep, I'm never going to acknowledge Boston college as an equal. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll wait for Notre Dame to do that. I guess I would say, um, so through this process, you know, I didn't realize that, uh, although there have definitely been spring transfers, Jack Cohn is, is a recent spring transfer. Um, you know, there's definitely been spring transfers that we've, we've had a Benny Sco might've been a spring transfer too, but he was graduate. So I didn't realize that they would bring him in so quickly. And thankfully he hadn't done enough work at Northwestern. He'd done enough to qualify, but not done enough to not qualify. It's a weird uh, kind of period in which uh, I explained this on a previous podcast where you almost have to have done a certain amount of credits, but not too many because Notre Dame wants to give you a degree that mostly came from you taking classes at Notre Dame. So uh, Notre Dame jumped at the, the opportunity uh, the academics worked out. There was a t- tight time period in which he had to visit, make sure everything was set. Um, that he apparently there was gangbusters that visit. He came in on like a, a Friday and, and I committed on a Saturday, if I recall correctly on the timeline there. And come Monday, he was, you know, walking to campus, uh, freezing his ass off like everybody else. So, well, he's used to it in Chicago. And I will say that, um, not to say too much, but the last day to drop classes for the spring semester is January 18th. So oh. internally, I feel like if there is another transfer to pop, it's going next to happen week. with within these next six days. I did not know that. Okay. That's interesting. So, Jude, so, let, me, let me ask you this. And I, I think this is a, I – th- I think we're all looking for a way to game the system here. So if there is a sophomore out there, we're talking about like – the, the 50% credit rule. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Don't you just tell them to withdraw? I guess they're already done with that first semester, though, aren't they? They are. They By sure the time are. they're, fuck. So you can't even game them. Yes, they're weird trimesters, or but yeah. Or the quarter system. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and again, uh, you know, credit to Nathan Erbach from uh, for pointing this out about Trey Wartz. He finished two full years at Santa Clara before he came over. College of Arts and Letters does admit a very small amount of juniors to be. I learned that through this process. Um, but the spring semester candidates, there's like there's only like five to ten openings. So Brandon Joseph really um, Here, he's the full package. So here's my final question about the the credits thing. Can't, couldn't a guy say like you know what? Just leave those credits. Let's just throw those in the trash. Let's not even bring those along. I took I took that class on an audit. Okay, the, 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 those credits don't even count. They should there even are be up, cr- there are credits that don't transfer. About. Well, exactly. So, that's what I'm saying. It's like like a normal student credits mean money, right? Like each credit hour costs you a, a set dollar amount. But if As you're getting a scholarship, athlete, what, what do you care? Yeah. What the fuck do you care? Throw them in the trash. Be like, no, nah, dude. Like, I still got like, I only got like eight credit hours in two years there. We're fucking, we're ready to go. I don't need any of this. And then um, you can see your classes when you transfer. You know, honestly, you're getting a little bit outside my uh, area of expertise. A lot outside my area of expertise. But I mean, like uh, theoretically, the tra- they could. They could just say, uh, these don't transfer. I honestly don't know if theoretically that's possible, and I and I, don't, I certainly don't want to speak well, to it. What I can, it's that what kind I can of tell thinking you, that they need if they're ever going to win a national championship. <laughs> well, they and, need and to is, be thinking outside the box and doing whatever they can, even within their own rules. Game. Can't they reclass? Can't they reclassify those credits, Jude? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so this is actually this is the, <laughs> the the last point I really wanted to make, and and Joshua just sort of made it for me. But um, this is. Ex- Grabbing guys like Brandon Joseph three semesters in and getting him to transfer after an All-American All-America freshman year and, you know, a a pretty good, not great, but pretty good uh, sophomore year and and helping to shore up a defense that is losing Kyle Hamilton is exactly the move that Marcus Freeman has brought to this group. Okay, and it's not just Marcus Freeman. It is literally Chad Bowden, that is, you know, dog of a recruiter. Yeah, it is a dog. Yeah, it is the admissions group who worked overtime to make sure that it, the transcript was on the up and up. It's compliance, making sure that everything about the trip and the visit and the contact and the everything that you need to do was on the up and up. Right? It's admission. So it's admissions, compliance, <coughs> athletics. Um, I'm sure that I'm missing uh, some other groups that were so involved, social media, like just be able to give the roll out the red carpet for guys like this when they would have said, oh, uh, you know, 10 years ago we tried this and the biggie said, you know, blah, 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 or whatever, like, you know, getting rid of some of that old kind of thinking. And I'm, and I just love the guys are going for it. And I'm I'm really hoping that this is a Marcus Freeman led thing. Like that he and Chad are being so aggressive about this that they're forcing guys outside their their comfort zones and making shit like this happen. Because this is when we talk about Notre Dame playing with a with a with an arm behind its back, 
this is how you kind of untie the arm or uh, un, you know wiggle, give the arm a little bit more flexibility, right? You're never going to be, ah, uh, yeah, we could just take seniors like LSU, like you know, a guy drops into the transfer portal an hour later, they got it, they got an offer from LSU, like. It, it's not right. ever going to be that way. With, it's never going to be that way with Notre Dame. And if you think it's you tied it up be, yourself, you yeah, tied it up is, yourself. Like this, this is, is just those... like in bed when you're when your wife <laughs> wants to tie you up. Oh no! You got <laughs> to no. make sure that it's like loose. You don't know if, what crazy shit's about to happen, so you can give the perception of yeah, I'm tied up. But if I need to get the fuck out of that bed, I am gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't want to end up it, like Brevanda Camp's husband in uh, Desperate Housewives season one. Yeah, no, I get, I get what you're putting down. So, like, yeah. you know, like whether you want to say, "Oh, this is a great recruiting win for for Matt, for Marcus Freeman, or for Chris O'Leary, or for you know whoever you want to give credit, Chad Bowden, whoever you want to give credit for this, just realize that behind every Chad Bowden, there's like ten guys and gals that never get credit." but work their asses off to make sure that Brandon Joseph um, got to where he was. And so I'm loving the fact that, you know, that the Chad Bowden and, and Marcus Freeman are bringing this, this heat basically. And I, I want, you know, it's, it, we're only 15 years removed from Charlie Weiss having to uh, allow early enrollees. And that was considered yeah. like just mind blowing, you know? And now Dude. it's like, if you you got like 12, 13 guys like that. 12 yeah. early in rollies in the in the in this in this class. This cycle. Yeah. Jude, can you yeah. can can you say with any authority if this probably would have gotten done under Brian Kelly? So, my inclination is to say no. Okay. I think I think that the level of aggressiveness, I think that Brian Kelly brings it's it sort of it starts starts with the coach, right? If the coach is like well, that's going to be, that's going to be too high of a hurdle. Um, they don't really do things in spite of the coach. You know right. what I mean? Or now, having said that, there's no he, foot he is a defense, he is a defensive guy and Chad and, and Marcus still would have been there. I don't know. The answer is, I don't know, but, um, I'm just, I'm just so, it, it was just like, it was cool to see because I don't think people really, I think people were just like, oh, all America safety, Northwestern made a, a spectacular, um, one armed catch in the biggest championship, big 10, uh, big, see, big, Ohio there go again. Yeah. yeah. Big 10 championship against Ohio, uh, Ohio state. Like this guy looks great or whatever. Right. But like, for me, the athletics is so good, but the academic, the, the fact that they got this done academically with emissions is so like chef's kiss. You know what I mean? It's just like, we are entering a new reality and Notre Dame is instead of sucking from the hind teeth is actually trying to be, um, staying with the, with the lead pack. And I love that. I love and that. before, before we get off the topic of Brandon Joseph, I would like to point out, cause you, when you see that he's an all American, uh, former all American, he was an all American as a freshman in 2020 and he was not in 2021. And right. The numbers would say that there was a regression, but I I think that there is an important point when you talk about Northwestern's defense and Brandon Joseph and just the environment that he was placed in. Um, in 2021, Mike Hankwitz, the longtime, you know, decades long, decade long defensive coordinator for Northwestern, retired, and he was replaced by Jim O'Neill. So they had a brand new defensive coordinator this year. Jim O'Neill spent 11 years in the NFL. Um, most recently, uh, 
you know, mo- the last time he was actually in college football was at uh, Eastern Michigan. Uh, in but in in the NFL, he had one of the worst pass defenses um, when he was at the Oakland Raiders um, as the secondaries coach. So he came into a brand new defensive system for a brand new defensive coordinator who wasn't at sort of the legendary status as the previous one was. Um, the entire secondary took a hit as a whole. If you look at their, uh, I think Greg looked at the PFF rankings of their entire secondary and they all regressed this year. Um, and I think that that regression probably has more to do with uh, Jim O'Neill, maybe more than even a sophomore slump or uh, Brandon Joseph himself. So I, I think that that's important to note that um, you can still hang your hat on. This is this is a kid that still at one point as a freshman was only the second time in uh, Northwestern history. Only uh, uh, Patty Fitz himself um, was a freshman All-American at Northwestern. Um, so I think I think it, this, this is big. This is big. Don't don't get too caught up in his regression last year. It was a new system with a new D.C. who I think's. Uh, over his head a little bit there in Evanston. Speaking of Eastern Michigan, I sort of let I just need to make it known that I am willing to throw down like thirty bucks uh, to Charlie Batch's million uh, to get Caleb Williams <laughs> to uh, to transfer there. Uh, you so know what? I'd, just, I'd put down some money for that. Million dollars? It's a million and thirty. I thought you were going to say you were going to add a home field apparel shirt to the top of Charlie Batch's one million dollars, and it would be an Eastern shirt. I, that's no, why no, I thought, no, no. If, I thought, if home no. field put a Huron on a shirt, then maybe we could talk. But a scripty isn't going to get the job done for me. Um, I think I, I think a million thirty could get it done. And it should get it done. Caleb Williams, come to Ypsilanti. Uh, be a part of the Big Dick le- legacy. Uh, it's it's Look, the Tower Inn is now going to be a drag club. It's a progressive community. Uh, we're getting shit done. How about not going to USC and let's have fun with that? And, and I mentioned Say that more because- East Coast. You're closer to D.C. at uh, well, Ypsilanti than you are in uh, you know Los Angeles. I did see that uh, that Williams was visiting UCLA and all that. So it's like, that's a perfect place for you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> now that, now that Jack starts in the, in the portal, like let's, let's fuck this up out there and out there in LA. So I, uh, I don't mean to put you on the spot, Joshua, but did you reach out to Nick Pellucci, our winner of the capital one bull media? And no, uh, I have, I have not yet. And I did go look. Um, so I, 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 I think I need to send a, there's no email for him. Right. Like, so oh. I think I have to send like a, like a mass message from the group. Uh, so he has not contacted me. This happened okay. last year. Nobody fucking got a hold of me. The winner never got a hold of me. Uh, so I need to be more, pro, I need to be more proactive about it. There is a t-shirt for a winner. So Nick, what's his name? Nick Pellucci. Uh, I'm, if I'm just, pronouncing it correctly. Yeah. Pellucci looks like. Yeah, so, yeah. Congratulations Southern, on Southern your, Kelly. Was yeah, his entry. congratulations on your your bowl victory at the One Foot Down Group. Uh, contact me to claim your goddamn your crown, buddy, in the form <laughs> of a tri blend T shirt. Of your choosing. You definitely don't. You definitely don't want to let that one go by the wayside, Nick. No, no, no. Ah, oh, shit. All right, what? Um, I got, I mean, I, 
we have things to talk about, but I'm just trying to figure out like what things do we still need to discuss uh, of the happenings. I mean, there's a really like there's a lot we can, there's a lot of things we could take and deep dive on, and you know maybe that takes some time. Joe Wilkins we is coming qu- back. Can we talk quickly about Jerome Bettis? Because I'm very excited about that as well. Oh yeah, you were the first person I thought of too when uh, when I saw that. Yeah. So I have some I've I have some big bugaboos about the three and out guys, right? Which is like I I just believe I No no, you have a spreadsheet on the three and out guys. I I, say it. I have a spreadsheet, yes. Um and I just I feel strongly that you know, and I think this is obviously biased take, but I feel strongly about the value of an Notre Dame degree and how it opens doors. And I would say if probably if somebody doesn't need doors open for them anymore, it's probably Jerome Bettis. But I absolutely love that he promised his daughters um, that he needed to they they needed to finish whatever they started. And they basically reminded him of the fact that he never graduated Notre Dame. And so now he is back on campus for his final semester. He's it's 27 years later and he damn it, he's going to get that degree. And it's like, I mean, they could have just probably given it to him because of his life experiences I mean, we're talking about an NFL Hall of Famer here, and, but and his many uh, uh, I mean, they've used they've used the the bus quite a bit in promos and jumbotron uh, imagery. I mean, he like narrated like a a half hour thing that they played uh, was it in 2019 that they played before every game. So yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, just. Uh, I, I just I'm very excited that Jerome Bettis is coming and he's he hopefully is going to check another uh, person off this this three and out list. Um, obviously, we'll never we'll never get George Atkinson, the third back, unfortunately, rest in peace. But uh, I still hold out hope for Deshaun Kaiser. And I did. I did leave him a cheeky <laughs> Twitter you really? message about this. Fuck, yeah. The kid promised me. He said it was his number Jude's, one priority. I don't want him to lie. Jude, to is, the, Jude is the guy who. <laughs> After you graduate in May, in July, you're getting the phone call from Jude. How would you like to <laughs> donate to the university? <laughs> uh, oh, shit. Um, okay, yeah. So what else we got here? We got yeah, MTA um, was taken off. We kind of figured that was going to happen. Um, much love to him. <sighs> We got a we got the Duke game uh, for oh, men's I mean, basketball. They got they got rescheduled to like hell week, basically, right? Yeah, the the Abiola twins are both coming back. Huge, oh, yeah, that's huge, huge, huge fucking win. Um, that that, that might Duke. be my number three right there. The combo of the Abiolas. Yeah, if I could, if I could combo keep like that. Jason. I think just the combo. Is, I think Justin is completely underrated by Notre Dame fans. Like he's actually been as steady. He's been as steady and as good as his brother, just in different positions. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, ever since the recruiting days, just because one had one one star more than the other. But right. Justin Justin Adimula, going back to the two thousand and fucking nineteen season. Two thousand was it? Was it nineteen? It's just a matter of splash plays, right? It's why Kurt Heinisch gets underrated. It's just he, a matter of splash has, plays. Yeah. Both of them has been both of them had been as productive as any player in their time given on the field. And then last year was really the both of them were were put in the, in the forefront. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, ex- I'm excited as hell to, to have the twins back. Me, too. I think they're good locker room guys, too. Just based yeah. off of based off of what 
what you like they of all the players mentioned on the inside the garage podcast the twins are just always coming up which, which twin which twin both of them there's <laughs> no because they make like a the, pick yeah they make a pick. yeah they make a pick the question which twin yeah <laughs> and it's not only it's not only in that question but like they're always coming up and just good locker room guys are i mean that's invaluable right yeah yep. absolutely Listen, See upperclassmen, line players, offensive line, defensive line. These are the guys that are doing out there doing the grown man's work. You know what yeah. I mean? So you need grown ass men out there doing grown ass men work. Here's two more of them, and they're really fucking good. So that's even <laughs> that's an extra bonus uh, to the whole damn thing. So really excited about about the guy about the twins coming back. Listen, my, I have twin sisters, and for people thinking that, that it was a I never really thought that Jason was going to jump without Justin personally. There, there is a bond. There is a weird comic book bond between twins. Most twins that I know, one of my sisters, one of my twin sisters married a twin. Uh, and, but they do not have that bond. <laughs> like so Tomax just, and Zamat, right? Tomax and Zamat, the most famous. Tomax and Zamat, the most famous of all twins. Those are the twin <laughs> Cobra brothers and GI Joe. Dude, so, do the Abiolas need to get like a special scar on each side? On, the, <laughs> on each oh side, they share their they, they share pain. They really need to fucking. That needs to be their Halloween costume. But yeah, we're super excited about them. Listen, those two twins—they financed Cobra's entire operation. I can't, <laughs> I can't go on enough about so Tomax and Zamat, uh, how important they were to the Cobra operation. Uh, but I digress. That's all right. I'm chasing. Speaking of Bo Bow Wower. Oh, I hear Sparky. Yeah. Yeah. He's, Are we he's, missing, he's seen ghosts. He's seen ghosts. Are we missing anybody from the, from the returns list? I don't think so. I did mention Joe DJ Brown. Yeah. Um, he, was one we haven't mentioned yet. Houston Griffith, back, which, yeah. We might have mentioned him last week, but uh, which was it, it's surprising, and that's all I'm going to say. Uh, so Isaiah Pryor's gone, gone, right? Pryor's gone, and yeah, Drew White's Pryor's gone. gone. Drew White's gone. Yeah. We, and we knew MTA Drew White was going to be gone, though. MTA's gone. Yeah. yeah. Jay Bramblett's gone, but we knew yeah. that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. that was going to happen. Um. We're still in the hunt for a DC and things yeah. are kind of heating up on a couple of fronts there. What um, do you, do you have anything, uh, anything percolating? All I know that, is that uh, all I'll say and admit to is that I know they, that Heacock is once who was in the discussion before, before Mark, when Marcus Freeman, uh, was, and was that's the DC, DC at Iowa state, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of that's a name that's been mentioned in several places. That's that's kind of heating up. Um, a lot of former coaches on the on the on the names list too. Yeah, like like Derek Mason. I think Derek is Mason a, at Auburn. It, I I kind of like a good it. name, but I don't really like Derek Mason like at fucking all. He because he burned so, you on the the Notre Dame's not any different than an SEC school. But Derek Mason shut down Alabama. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. And he gets the academic side. I don't think I would be. I mean, I wouldn't hate it. I'm just not a big, I'm not a personal fan of Derek Mason. Let's put it that way. Like I get it football wise. So it's fine. I'm just saying like, I would, 
maybe prefer somebody else. I don't know. But yeah, Heacock is definitely a name that's that's starting to pick up. Um, is Heacock a guy that's going to want to – because here's one of the things that like I have questions about too is, is Heacock a guy that's going to want to implement his own system? And is Marcus Freeman well, comfortable not, with that? Well, it's not that far off from Marcus's system. So, but you're, but I think you're, you're definitely onto something there. Was like, what's Notre Dame going to be doing defensively? Like Greg asked us in the DMs, right? Like, like our linebacker, like who do we want in the linebacker rotation next year? And I get, I guess I based mine off of Freeman's system, but it may not be exactly that. Likely won't be exactly that. You know, going into spring and fall. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I did want to say now that we did uh, now that we have mentioned Heacock, it was Heacock, not McNulty, that I wanted to uh, drop this nugget. A uh, a very very proud and powerful OFD podcast listener, uh, Robert Robert Halicki. I hope I pronounced your na- last name right. Uh, yeah, maybe Halicki Halicki. <clears throat> he did to each other. at me. <laughs> yeah, he he he, he, he has a, a solid anecdote here uh, that he tweeted at us. He says, guys. If Heacock is hired at ND, I will have the opportunity to say I was coached by an ND coach. I, gentlemen, was a preferred walk-on at YSU, which is the Young premier the premier FCS school in the state of Ohio. Shout out Jim Dressel. As, listen, and, hey, and Bobby here was a log snapper, and Coach Heacock was the head coach and specialist coach. Like him a lot. Number one. Well, Mr. Bobby, a good career choice, and that is we might be having discussions here in a few years as I try to get my kids scholarships elsewhere as long snappers. You might need to get uh, but, Bobby H in to give some some insider tips to your boys. So I have been very well. I was very vocal last night to a to a buddy of mine. <laughs> my desire for, for as many. Ohio slash Buckeyes as possible. Uh, and, uh, definitely Mike Tressel. I, I know it's a long pause. Sorry. Uh, Mike Tressel was, uh, was the name I was like, I was hollering last night. Uh, just had a buddy of mine having some fun. Well, I mean, but we saw the transition guy. from a Freeman defense to a, uh, Tressel defense in person. Uh, we were there. We saw that. That was a thing. And that, that went pretty seamless for Cincinnati, I would say. I don't know how much yeah. of that was Trestle or if they had like generational cornerback uh, play, but um, they didn't really miss a beat defensively. So I think that there's some synergy to uh, a Trestle. Um, I joked about it that if if they do hire Trestle, if I'm Cincinnati, I'm hiring exclusively Jewish and uh, aggressive <laughs> atheists, uh, uh, coordinators and coaches from here on out. If anybody so much as sniffs um, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I am not hiring them. If I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're Cincinnati, you got to be like, a, at what point are we safe? Yeah, you're not. We, yeah. we even beat them. And what the hell is going on here? Yeah. It's like, all right, uh, you've had you've had a great little run there. Give me like 90 more years of that. Give give me more of this. You're a fantastic feeder. Uh, I enjoy I enjoy the things that you give me. <laughs> yeah, Notre Dame's Farm Club. I am very proud of them for what they accomplished this year. 
You know, they were able to come up and invite the big boys. That's yeah. Farm. It's a, it's a great farm system. You know, they hung with their college football opponent, uh, college football playoff opponent, better than a, uh, a certain school uh, slightly north of them, right? <laughs> Hell, hey, yeah. speak, that's a good lead into speaking of which. So, I I just I haven't I haven't seen it discussed very widely at all. Um, maybe that's because the poll was dropped like around like five thirty in the morning. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was just it was a weird time. Like they, they could have waited till noon the next day if they wanted to, and it would have been the same. But Notre Dame finished the season ranked number eight in the AP poll. Love that. Uh, I was a little, I, I was a little, I don't disagree with it. Where would you but find dis- where would you find disagreement in the eighth ranking? Because that's well, where it's saying, well, well, it's not the eighth ranking. It's like. I don't disagree with them having the top four still being in the top four. I'm just a little disappointed that that's the case, considering they got their asses kicked. That happened Notre Dame, and everyone's like, "Fucking get them, get them out of here." They can't be the the number four team can't lose in the playoffs, and you know what I mean. I, I guess my one thing is, are you going to rank Baylor ahead of either one of them? No, because Baylor. I ha- would you have? Would you put Baylor above Michigan? Because you would have had. Well, would you put Baylor above Cincinnati? That's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't disagree with the ranking. I'm just disappointed that that's how it is. If Notre Dame wins that Fiesta Bowl, Notre Dame's ranked probably third. Probably third. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. If they would have continued on in the first half. Uh, the second half, like they did the first half. Four, yes. Four. Yes. Yeah. Probably third. Yeah. Uh, if, yeah. If Oklahoma uh, state never discovered that Clarence Lewis was on the field. Yes. Right. Were you guys surprised though? At like, I mean, Oklahoma state didn't really rise much. Just two spots. I, well, I mean, they're not going to pass Ohio state because uh, Ohio state skeleton squad won. So they're going right. to, they're going to move. And, um, you know, where, where are they going to slot them? Are they going to slot them above a, B, a Baylor team that they lost to now? So they went as high as they could go. Okay. I, I am, um, yeah, I just don't know. Like, I, I don't disagree with that. I'm, I'm, look, I'm happy Notre Dame finished in the top 10. They started the season ranked number nine and finished number eight. So just keep that in your back pocket when people start saying about, overrated in the rankings. Apparently not. We are one better than the, than what people thought we were. I, I do like that Texas right? A&M finished unranked um, despite Jan and me and Johnny Mansell's, I guess, weird obsession with Notre Dame now. Yeah, that's um, weird. So uh, congrats to Texas A&M on their 26th uh, ranking, 26 uh, in the AP pool. Uh, good job, guys. Maybe uh, maybe your bag man can help you uh, move up to 25th next year. So Notre Dame has zero top 25 wins. Uh, both Wisconsin and Purdue ended up. Yeah, uh, the Wisconsin thing was kind of weird because like but, I would have. Right. Oh, go ahead. Because because I would have figured that you would have you would have dropped Iowa. But I don't know. <laughs> People fucking love Iowa. People love but I guess Iowa. that brings me to the. It brings me to polls that don't matter. Like I think that, I mean, you guys saw the screenshots. Someone, there was someone very angry that said that that uh, 
final polls don't matter. And basically, I was a communist and socialist for for thinking that that uh, that the final poll of a country football season means anything. I mean, it's a um, ton. <laughs> it's the only fucking poll that matters. Yeah. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> but that anyway, goes in your media guide. Forever. Right, it's how you frame the it's how you frame the narrative and how people recruit against you too. That's socialism, or, Jude. That that's communism. Okay, that's fine. Well, that's yeah, that's that. capitalism. Socialism that's would so- be no polls. Social, no, <laughs> socialism would be that there's no polls. What is this man talking about? No, it, this it means man everyone's this, poll means the same. Yeah. What what the hell is this? This man this, literally was telling me that because it didn't go with what he thinks. He thinks it's bullshit. And when I told, when I said, I have two thoughts about that. And that was, um, confirmation, uh, bias. Dis- yeah, confirmation bias and, and cognitive dissonance. He basically said, those are, t- I have two thoughts. Uh, those words are from liberal colleges. So this is the type of person we deal with in 2022. It's just, it's, it's mind boggling. Anyways, that means nothing to anything. I was just having some fun, um, Messaging back and forth with somebody who is obviously a fucking lunatic. Uh, yes, but you, you were you fed the bear. Yeah, I don't yeah, feed the animals. Don't feed the. I knew what was happening. I was I I had time to kill. Uh, I was sitting on a toilet. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to polls that don't matter. Knowing that Texas A&M and Wisconsin both finished outside the top twenty-five, yet both are ranked ahead of Notre Dame, and everyone's like. Way too early, way too early. Not Stuart Mandel's. Fucking Wisconsin's like six in many of them. Texas A&M, fucking just give them the national championship. I mean, they're like 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 third or fourth and and yeah, they're many fourth in most of them. Yeah, I don't get that. Who's their quarterback? And has he taken a snap? But have I mean, you seen the freshman, is taking a snap. Have you seen their freshman class? Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> okay. I mean. Stewie Mandel put Notre Dame fifth, and we we kind of had a lark on this. Um, and, and we're gonna have a whole off season to talk about it, but I can't wait to see the media spin on Notre Dame returning a fuck ton of starts on their offensive line and returning all five prospective starters on their offensive line. And um, Harry Heastan. And Harry Heastan. And, Harry and Stan, yeah. I mean, we didn't mention it, but Lugs coming back, and that's a right, super right. sub. So, I mean, Notre Dame's offensive line is about uh, this is a Joe Moore front runner going into the year. So I can't wait to see how that plays out uh, with what we had to read about, uh, you know, North Carolina returning a bunch of two and three star offensive line starts. Uh, so let's put them top 10. I can't wait to I can't wait to see that reciprocated with Notre even, Dame. Even Priester first. still fall, fell into the trap. Like in the last Irish Illustrated podcast. They were Priester was like, Jesus, you know, like what the fuck happened to North Carolina this year? They're like all that talent they had, all the returning starters on the offensive line. And I'm like screaming in in the car driving. I'm like, what's ah, they all suck. So why does it matter? They had one guy, they had Sam Howell and I guess Josh Downs too. But like, it was just Sam Howell. Their willing offensive line was like what everyone was talking about, like the return, all their starters. I'm like, but they're fucking bad. Like that's not a good thing to return your bad players. You return the 129th ranked sacks allowed offensive line. All the starters are back. Great. Maybe they'll finish a hundred. Fantastic. Fantastic. Top 10, top 10. What did, what what did North Carolina end up in sacks allowed this year? 
I mean, it was probably something. Oh, they finished 128. They gave up 49 sacks this year. (laughs) (laughs) This was our number one offseason. Like, this is Denny Green. This is Denny Green going off about they are exactly. They're fucking exactly what we thought they were. North Carolina had. They gave up 34 sacks last year. We were dunking on them for being 120th. And And how bad? How bad is that? How bad are they really? When you think about Sam Howell, oh, that God. beautiful, how tough he is to bring down, and yet he's sacked. Like yeah. that's a like a Sam Howell sack is a fucking is a double. It's like a it's like a mid two thousands or late two thousands Big Ben sack. Like you earned yeah. it. Yeah, you fucking earned that shit. You so fucking earned that sack. You gave up all those earned sacks. Oh my <laughs> god. Um, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, pollsters are going to do with a o- Oklahoma team that returns four starters on offense, oh, four on defense, and one on special teams? They'll give them the Texas treatment. Put them number in nine. Five. Oh, you can. <laughs> <gonna> put them <laughs> put nine? I guarantee you they'll be number nine. Uh, that's I mean, it. I, I definitely think they're, I think they're definitely going to be in the top 25, but I, I, I would, I would, I would, I would ask why, you know? I would like to know, like, who's playing? Do they have a scholarship quarterback? We're not yeah, sure. Exactly. <laughs> Just yeah. I mean, look, obviously the the calculus changes if Caleb Williams comes back into the fold, but um, which he might. I mean, that's that's one thing is he yeah. might come back in fold. He might. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, anyways, might bring Mario right. with him too. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna take a that quick uh, break. We're gonna take a quick break, and we come back. Uh, we're gonna. Hey, we got rank everything coming back because it's the off season. Uh, so that's exciting. So let's get this break in and come back and uh, let's let's uh, let's do this thing. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, boys. Now I asked you guys, I, you know, we have rank everything tonight, but as kind of like a, of a capper, uh, before we get to that, I, I look, the season is done and I, I'm still not ready to like put it completely to bed and still probably won't for the next month and a half. But I do want to talk about like favorite moments uh, for a minute. So I asked, I asked both of you guys to kind of give you like your top three, moments this year uh in the college football season Notre Dame football season um yeah so Jude let's start with you what were your top three moments this year for Notre Dame oh my god um don't start with me go with somebody else oh Jesus Brendan (laughs) yeah 
Uh, and mind you, this does not have to be like, these are just top three moments. Like it doesn't even have to include the team at all. So uh, <laughs> my number one off the bat is something I, I got. This. My number one off the bat is something that I had. It was my, um, my goof for all of 2020. And it finally bared fruit in 2021, and that was the Avery Davis two-point conversion pass to Kyron Williams against Toledo. <laughs> because how long – like, Avery Davis is there just because he's going to throw a clutch pass someday. That was a hell of a celebration. And it was – and Josh and I in the end zone, on the far end zone, watching that uh, pan out was just absolute majesty. One of my favorite Notre Dame uh, my moments, um, just personally – um, another one, I guess, if, if we're doing the, the top three, um, is, uh, how I felt when Buckner, Notre Dame's down 10, nothing, they're not doing anything against Virginia tech. And when Buckner hit Austin on that 46 yard pass <laughs> to set up their first touchdown against Virginia tech, it stirred something deep within, um, you know, obviously the game, uh, got away from, from Tyler, uh, in the second half, but yeah, that, that 46 yarder was just, uh, the, the elation and the, just the future is now that I felt in that moment, um, was absolutely electric. And then I'm probably going to steal this from people, but I think this is, is the seminal moment of the 2021 season. Um, Kyron Williams, 91 yarder against North Carolina, right? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. That was um, on my list. Everything. I mean, I, I got a pretty big list, um, but I, I wanted to grab that one because everything about that run from Tariko's call, it was the best call Tariko had as a uh, announcer for Notre Dame football games. Um, it was the most electric run since the last time Kyron uh, went for 80 plus um, <laughs> against an ACC opponent. Uh, yeah, it was it was absolutely uh, magical. So uh, okay. there's, there's my, th- I got three and I, I bet you some of these are on Brendan's alt list. Um, number one is just being gobsmacked at the idea that Kyle Hamilton could cross a field that fast and pick yeah. off a pass that was literally <laughs> either heading out of bounds. No one was catching that pass. And a guy who was, um, not even on a television. It was hard to put him on a television screen. They had to go to the all 22 film just to find him on the, uh, on the screen so they could show you how much ground he covered to pick off that pass. And just the, the swagginess of coming over and taking off his helmet and drawing the penalty. I loved it. I thought it was indicative of the way that he played, um, for three seasons and I'm going to miss the hell out of him. Two and a half. Um, okay. Two and a half. Sure. Um, if only, <laughs> if he only hadn't gotten hurt playing offense, like, you know, they hadn't listened yeah. to that. <laughs> um, yeah, Kyron Williams' uh, run was definitely on there. I love that he said to the reporters afterwards, when I stiffed armed the guy, I knew I was going to score. Like he was still 90 yards away from this, from the end zone. I got, I got but this. it just, yeah, the, the confidence, um, I'm definitely going to miss Kyron Williams twisting out of tackles. Um, just being physical with dudes, um, you know, not being, not shying away from, from any kind of contact, even if it's close to the out of bounds. Uh, I loved watching him play. 
I remember the first time I saw him in a blue and gold game, I, he was wearing Drew Tranquil's number and I was like, who's this little bull and ball going around? Um, and I just, I, 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 he's just gotten so much better since too. Um, he, a far, very far cry from Louisville 2019 where he drops a pass in the flat and he's never heard from again. Um, you know, so I, I definitely You're lost in this country to like stop cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah. You know what I mean, um, and the other, the other one that I wanted to mention was, um, Lorenzo styles. I got I got the pleasure of going to the USC game and that was sort of Lorenzo's breakout game. Um, and the way that they fed him and the, how exciting it was to watch him work, uh, the perimeter, it reminded me of, uh, you know, golden Tate and Michael Floyd and sort of all the magic that has happened down the game sidelines. Um, even in the last 20 years. And I'm just very excited to continue this journey with, with Lorenzo styles and, and to be honest with you, Deion Colsey. And, um, and as much as I, you know, comb the, the transfer portal for another wide receiver, it's not because I don't, I don't have hundred percent faith in, in styles. I think he's, I think he's the real deal. And, uh, I can't wait to watch, watch more of him with, uh, with Buckner or whatever. Weather, talking shit about CJ Williams. Yeah. Even if it was all for fun. <laughs> so my, my honorable mention is going to be uh, something that happened off the field to me this year, but I thought was significant. Um, after several years of sort of online friendship, I got to meet, uh, our buddy Greg in person. He brought his friends, um, Mike and, and Tim to the to USC game. And I just had, a I had a blast with them. Um, I, I wrote a, a thank you tweet to all of the people that made that weekend so special. Um, whether it was parents or people that I met that work for the university or, uh, you know, there was just a, a ton of people that I got a, a chance to meet that weekend. And, and, uh, the list definitely starts, uh, with Greg, Mike and Tim. So special it, shout out to those guys. Interesting that my wife never received a note from you about that weekend. Uh, I, I didn't write any handwritten <laughs> notes. It was just, it was just a tweet. I believe she was mentioning the tweet. So, <laughs> oh, 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 I thought you were talking about handwritten notes. No, no, no. Damn, I, dude. oh God, I don't, I mean, I, we don't even sound like, damn, cards. dude, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. Break so, out that 1912 shit, yo. I, uh, episodes of the crowd. I still have guilt about the fact that and not everybody got thanks for my wedding presents. And it's like, uh, 14 years after the fact. And I never finished all of my thank you cards for my wedding. Hey, like five years ago, I went through all our, uh, all of our wedding cards uh-huh. That we had uh, stored away, found like sixty bucks in cash, found like a hundred dollar check. <laughs> nice. Turns out the check turns out the check uh, was written by a a couple that neither one of them was alive. Uh, ah, well, <laughs> when I found it, that's so funny because if my grandmother had written that check, she would have called me every week just to make sure that I had deposited it because <laughs> she still hadn't heard from her bank about whether that five dollars had cleared. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh all right good list good list all right i got uh got my three here uh in no particular order uh the wisconsin game for th- there's like three moments in that game <clears throat> number one is the fact that i wasn't there i was at home and i was getting a washer and dryer delivered and it was supposed to be it was promised to me not not a two-hour window promised to me at a particular time at 10 a.m. Motherfucker showed up two minutes after kickoff. <laughs> uh, so that was stressful and pissed me off to no end. 
but I'll never forget it uh, because they just really tried to take their sweet time. And I was like, just drop it. I'll fucking take care of it anyways. Uh, but also during that game or before that game, uh, I said uh, we sent Philip Goff to the press box for that game. And oh, yeah, Wisconsin, right. Wisconsin was in charge. It was a Wisconsin, quote unquote, home game. So they were in charge of credentials and, and all that stuff. They were unorganized as fuck. They didn't have anything right. And basically, Philip was getting like chased by the cops. Like not like sprinting, but like walking away from cops trying to get him to move his car, which he just like parked right up at the stadium trying to figure out what the hell to do because no one had the credentials anywhere. So he's like trying to walk to, from one window to the next uh, to, <laughs> to figure out where to where the hell these things were. And he's got me on the phone and I'm like, I am emailing Wisconsin right now. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. I was kind of like, he, I think he finally got up to his seat, like just a couple minutes before uh kickoff. So, uh, <laughs> it was, it was a very, very funny. I think that happened. Oh God. Yeah. I think it was just a couple minutes before kickoff. He finally got up to his seat, but pretty stressful times with the cops in Chicago are chasing you for illegally parking your car while you're trying to get you your credentials. That's good stuff. But also because my main motherfucker, Gus Johnson on the call for Chris Tyree's kickoff return yeah, for touchdown, which really was the thing that sealed that thing. And that's some back, back to back to picks. It's a backstory to this. Wisconsin fans were fucking ridiculous because I had predicted a like 11 point Notre Dame win in like July. These motherfuckers lost their minds online for two months. Like it was absolutely did, did ridiculous. Did anything come of that? Did, did any of them apologize? Cause did Notre Dame win by more than 11? I can't remember the final score. They did. But... They did by a lot more than 11. I don't I'm really pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Notre Dame but, defensive I mean, touchdowns against Wisconsin touchdowns was almost by 11, right? It was learned that they are one of those fan bases that will absolutely, without question, go uh, start going anti-Catholic uh, <laughs> uh, like immediately. Uh, like they would just right off the fucking bat. So kudos to you for making it more fun to kick the living shit out of Wisconsin. So yeah, that whole game, Gus Johnson on that call was just, Phenomenal. I can only imagine how much better his call would have been of Kyron Williams, 91 yard run. <laughs> uh, let's see. Second thing here. This is kind of cheating, but oh, well, I'm the host. Really the entire USC experience. Um, we had Dylan's, we did a, a, a tailgate birthday party for my youngest son, Dylan. Uh, you know, Jude was there. Greg showed up. It was the first time I got to see to see Greg. And look, Jude, that might have been only the what the second time, Jude, that you and I have have met in person. Yeah, the second Blue Gold yeah. game and yeah before COVID, and then and then this, yeah. So this like people that you talk to every single day online it is just really nice to see them in person, meet them, get a hug. Uh, you know, share some laughs, share some tro- Trojan blood with some Trojans, uh, right? Did did, uh, did Michael partake of the Trojan blood, right? Michael absolutely joined me in that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a fantastic drink. Everyone should be drinking it. Um, and it's a, like it's USC, right? 
like the the whole thing was great. Lorenzo Styles, hashtag Ohio forever, having a great night. Just all that involved. My wife was at the game. She uh, went to the game with her sister. Um, so you know, for me, that's just kind of cool. You know, when end of the game, you're down. You go down to the field. Um, so for you know, my wife to be there was just kind of fun. Uh, so the, the whole USC experience, uh, which is still lacks them bringing the jeweled shillelagh onto the field. Uh, but that Maybe is for Marcus a discussion will that will happen. That, yeah. that is for a discussion for Marcus Freeman that will happen very soon. Uh, very soon, I promise you. The third one is difficult because I, I have I have a handful uh, of great ones here. Um, Brent, Brendan already mentioned uh, uh, the Toledo game. Having Brendan up in the booth for the Toledo and Cincinnati game with me uh, was awesome. Again, as someone who I've talked to on the daily, it's great to finally meet in person. And shit, Brendan, we've we've known each other online for fuck what, like a decade now? Yeah, uh, more than a decade. Subway Domer days, right? Yeah, Subway Dome more than a decade. Yeah, yeah, it was a long fucking time. So that was really awesome. That you know, that was just really awesome to uh, to do that. Uh, and I and I just enjoy bringing new people up to the press box and and share that kind of quirky fun that's up there, which is, uh, <laughs> which is just an experience. Brendan will say it's an experience to itself uh, with someone who isn't used to not cheering out loud and throwing things against the wall has to like not do that. It's my reactions are on film forever <laughs> to the yeah. Toledo. Hey, after the Cincinnati game, I never sat in that seat again. They moved my seat. <laughs> so, so, I mean, you can see, you can see the, I, I need to go back and watch those. Cause I, that was quite comical. Like during the course of the game, seeing my, watching my own physical reactions of the chair, which is a lot of twisting, a lot of hands up in there. It's very Italian. Rolling, very Italian. Ba- uh, leaning backwards. Yeah. Leaning backwards. That's a, another good one. Um, but honestly, the third best moment and, Maybe this is cheating too, and I, I don't care. When Marcus Freeman busted through those double doors, yeah. announced to the team as the head coach, it was fucking on. And really, it was a culmination of like 24 hour buildup online of what was happening. And then that, it was the most fun I had like online in like forever. Like that was just a, a great, everyone coming together, like people that don't like each other on Twitter or everyone was there for this moment. Everyone was having a great time with it. It was an important, important moment for Notre Dame, important moment for its fan base. Um, And that was just fun to share with everybody. I mean, that was just a, I'll I'll never forget that. Uh, It seems weird that, you know, here top three moments and, and I'm not, I I gave like what one play uh, Chris Tyrese can return. Yeah. But the season is always so much more than just what is presented to us on the field. It's that's what college football is all about. That was definitely one of them because this is a that was a program changing. It could be could be bad. We're we're hoping and and we're somewhat confident this is for the good. But it was a program changing day, and that was just it was just so much fun. I'll never forget um, how those things were all unfolding. It was. God, it was such a blast. So those are my three. Those are my three. We, did, we didn't even five. mention Daquan Finn not sliding down at the one. Well, I was, <laughs> I was, I, I thought that was included with, with your, 
Yeah, day for day. That's kind of like with yours of the sleep. That was fun. Like we were, we were, we were like celebrating hard. Like there's the Avery Davis pass. Like finally after three, three years. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe Finn didn't slide. That was nuts. You remember that dude too? the, uh, but I, I think it maybe it was a former player for Toledo, like sprinting across the fucking, the end zone right in front of us. Oh like, yeah. Like yeah. celebrating wildly when they scored. It's like, Man, this, this guy don't know that that he does, that was a good thing. That was a good thing, yeah. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. I mean, look, it was a, an 11-win season. It was... There haven't been a ton of those in the history of the... No. In, no. It was unfortunate what happened with Cincinnati because even if, even if Notre Dame still loses that game, like... Neither Cincinnati nor Notre Dame brought their A games that day. They did not. Nope. Uh, and anyone who says otherwise is just full of shit. Neither one of those teams brought their A games. And Notre Dame played more of a C, C minus game, especially in the turnover business, spot in Cincinnati, all those points. That was extremely disappointing. And it's also disappointing to see that much red in the stadium once again. Stop scheduling red teams. Uh, and then the way they lost the Fiesta Bowl, I mean, it's just like, uh. But there's enough, there's enough like positive vibes moving forward for the future that, that we're able to handle all that stuff. Because if, if Brian Kelly was a coach, if, if all, all things stayed the same and Brian Kelly was a head coach, I think this is a difficult winter and spring to get excited about, honestly. So, But I also well, don't believe Notre Dame loses the Fiesta Bowl. Brian they, don't, they don't. They probably don't. But, but I mean, you're probably was bringing back Quinn. You're time. probably bringing back Dell. Um, yeah, I. Eh. And you're still bringing back that line, though. Yeah. So, a lot of good stuff. Uh, thank you guys for uh, for your list. So. Let's bring we're the done with back. lists we're for back. nights, right? We're done with lists. No, for no, no, hell no, hell no. No, we're done with lists. We're just fucking we're getting list. started. We're just getting started. It's the off season, y'all, and so we're bringing back rank everything because, goddamn it, that's what we do, right? We're just gonna rank things. Say what you will about polls. I think they're extremely important. Love them. I don't care if you want to call me a communist. Give I think me five polls more polls. So tonight we are going to rank. Uh, the top five Midwest winter things. Now, before we can go any further, you have to understand that Jude, even though he is a Northeast native and Northeast residents, resident, did live while in South Bend while attending Notre Dame for four years. He gets an invitation to the barbecue. That's, that counts enough. Like South, like a South Bend winner is a lot different than an Indianapolis winner, and Indianapolis considered Midwest, correct? Yeah, I think like so. Indianapolis, like South Bend. They, winners, they say they tell me that like St. Louis is the Midwest. Well, Fox Sports knew, like <laughs> FSN channels. <it. laughs> they, they sure tell me that. So, I mean, look, I the. Um, Oh, the, the American, I can't even remember the name of the fucking book I was reading, but it separated the, the, the country actually into like 11 separate regions. Yeah. Or what do you call it? Nations. 
Uh, like you and Jude are both in the same nation right now, uh, which is like some kind of Yankee thing. Oh. Uh, and I, I'm I'm living in this nation that is actually like in the shape of a C that comes like out of Pennsylvania across the plains and goes up. It's a weird, weird shape. I can't remember the name of it either for the life of me, but I'm anyways. pretty sure I'm pretty sure Greg pretty or uh, Greg. I'm pretty sure Jude pretty much lives in Ottawa, though. So <laughs> I am only two hours away. So. Yeah. It's closer to me than than a lot of actually major New York cities. It's closer to me than Buffalo. Well, Ottawa is. Yep, Ottawa is closer than Buffalo and Albany for me. Yeah, yeah. You and Bre- you and Brendan are actually in Yankee Dumb. And I am and I am living in the area known as the Midlands, so which is a very like very thin one. It's a the Midlands is like a, a dividing line between Yankeedom and Greater Appalachia Tidewater. Just say this is a yeah American Nations from Colin Woodward. It was a pretty good book. Actually explains a lot. But anyways, top five winter things in the Midwest, <clears throat> Jude. Why, why do I have to go first? I'm not <laughs> because even you didn't go first last time. <laughs> uh, I don't have I don't have five things. Uh, what I will say is um, anybody who lives where we live and doesn't believe in a snowblower or a snow thrower, and yes, they are different, um, is insane. I, How I, dare I, you? I don't or young, I don't, or young or young. Yeah, there or, you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose I. I never felt great about my back after I did it when I was young, but shoveling snow builds muscle in 18 different ways, Jude. And character, and character, and character. Yeah, I'm I'm over that. I'm over that. I just want to get it done and get back inside the house. I'm still um, in my 30s. I, I have I have prime years of shoveling. God bless you. God bless you. Um, I love it when my when my kids make snow forts. Uh, it reminds me a lot of. Um, myself growing up, one of the, my favorite things to do was to sort of build a home that was sort of, you know, a little bit, a couple of degrees warmer, just because you had quote unquote insulated it with snow, um, and build a little hole in the, in the, the ground and then, you know, and then get in there and, you know, stick your head out and wave to your, your parents or whatever. And my kids are now into that. So I love, I love, uh, how long it takes to build a snow fort. I love, red faces and uh, runny noses and stuff like that because, you know, they're out there um, working so hard on, on building, you know, their little creations and stuff. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of that. Um, let's see. What else do I, what else do I love? Um, I, I love, uh, I love uh, outdoor ice skating. I think I, outdoor ice skating is, is, is super amazing. I, I think a lot of people, probably never get a chance to experience that. And, um, that the other day, yeah, doing it with a crowd and, you know, with, uh, with the right temperature, it was very cool. And speaking of Ottawa, they have, I don't know if they're still doing it, but they have a, a winter festival where they actually freeze their entire canal and you can go ice skating on the canal and it's like miles long and, uh, while eating beaver tail, and that doesn't sound—it <laughs> sounds bad, but that's actually a, that's actually a really uh, tasty thing. And um, frozen syrup and um, poutine how, and all, all the delicacies. So. That's how the Mongolians invaded Russia, by the way. What's that? Um, riding their horses on a frozen canal. Oh. Okay. 
Uh, Ottawa's so, still keeping that going. I didn't I didn't get to five, <laughs> but there's this three off the top of my head, so Are you gonna leave it at that? Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Leaving leaving two out you know what? You get two spots in case something's gonna pop in your head. Okay. Something's gonna pop in That's your great. head. So you get you get you get I'll allow it. <clears throat> I'm gonna go next, Brendan, if you don't mind. Take it. All right. <clears throat> uh coming in at number five is skiing on mud. Uh, in the Midwest, we pretend that we have mountains, and really, that's like a lot of it is just like old trash piles. Mount Bright uh, yeah, that we have snow trash. machines for. Yes, yeah. Um, I mean, up in Michigan, there's a there's a mountains, quote unquote. Um, yeah, and snow there. is there, and you could do that. That's a big Midwest thing. Like you'd be some. I think people in. Can I get know like, out, out, I think people out west would be surprised how much. Midwesterners ski in the wintertime because they just wouldn't, you wouldn't think about it, right? There's a lot, a, lot. a lot of people. That, yeah, we ski yeah. a lot. Uh, number four definitely is uh, the the evolution of a snowblower. Uh, I am with Brendan, whereas shoveling builds strength and character and a full, you, you develop a philosophy of life while you're out uh, shoveling. Uh, but once you really hit the age of like of 40, really, uh, you are done, sir. And you get the snowblower, and that's what you use now. Uh, just remember, when it's wet snow, snowblowers are fucking pointless. Uh, <laughs> we'll just be angry most of the time. Uh, so then you'll go buy a plow for your four-wheeler, and then, and then you're set. Uh, number three is actually Christmas in July uh, because in the Midwest, I think uh, most of the country, but uh, I don't know, more so like you just see Dollar General breaking out the Christmas ornaments uh, like around August because uh, they're already done with back to school shit. It's just, it's crazy. Um, it's just like the, the, the accelerated uh, time span for, to get to Christmas in the Midwest is just from from what I've noticed, it just gets more and more each year. Um, let's see, number two, oh, number two, uh, and maybe my all-time favorite, uh, I call it drag sledding. It's basically when you take an old car hood, like from like a 68 Continental, uh, tie a rope to it, and then tie it to the back of a pickup truck and go flying down country roads. Uh, it's amazing. It's There's nothing, it, there's nothing better than and smoking a tree stump while attached to this thing and then flying into a ditch uh, yeah. and into barbed wire. It's happened a few times. Um, Seems very specific. Ter- yes. Uh, I have some very specific <laughs> drag sledding stories. Uh, getting chased by cops. <laughs> was, was Seems another mildly problem. illegal too. Yeah, yeah. But the, I well, mean, that's it, what's more Midwest than something mildly illegal? He, he really that's just right. wanted us to not be in town. You just city limits are right there. Can you not? Can you can you not fill my streets with blood? You know, is that I so mean, hard? Don't fill my streets with we, blood. That's all I'm asking. We are pretty careful. I mean, when, when it's snow, when the roads are snowed over like that, you're not, not really going over like 45, 50 miles an hour. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, probably top it out. When about I 50. think when I think of careful, I think of being dragged by a '67 Continental hood of a car from the back of a pickup truck. Well, we also did it behind. We also had it strapped to a '71 Impala when we were in high school. Oh, I thought you were doing like Ford Probe. <laughs> no, well, <laughs> that's funny you Taurus mentioned that. Show from the back of a Taurus show. <laughs> No, it's funny you mentioned that because there was a, a a probe GT that we uh we did that in high school. Yeah, uh, get so yeah, by a probe. yeah, drag sledding is fantastic. Uh, but the number one um most winter Midwest thing ever is the ability to wear shorts on any day above twenty degrees. <laughs> like if it's nineteen, you're probably not wearing shorts out. Probably. That's I just, rolled the tr- I rolled the trash out last night. I rolled the trash down my driveway last night. It was like 20 degrees in my flip fl- in my uh, not. Yeah. I don't have flip flops, but in my sandals, Slides. my open my slide in sandals, no socks, just in my bathrobe, just yeah. walking down the driveway, 20 degrees. Yeah, yeah, that's on point. Uh, yeah, we've I, I'll we've been in that, in that in that low 20s here. And I'm still rocking, you know, my, my khaki shorts today. I'm ro- actually rocking a pair of, uh, of homage, uh, sweatpants shorts today that are short enough where it makes my wife wonder why I go out in public in them. Uh, the Flamanda <laughs> children would be in four pairs of PJs with how cold it was today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So yeah, that's my top one. It, it, you'll just, so I want to add something to that, which is, um, the beauty of 30 degree weather in December versus the insanity of 40 degree weather in October. Right. Which is (laughs) like, um, you know, when it gets to 40 in October, you're like, ah, I can't even go outside. It's so freaking cold. And then like, when you get that, you know, that cold street, uh, cold snaps, uh, the cold snap is broken. Uh, those, you know, we call them multiple negative degree days in a row. And then the, you know, one day it's, it gets up to 15 or whatever. And you're just like, did you get outside today? It was glorious, you know, glorious just, sun was shining. Yeah. We talked about like 20 degree days. Like they're glorious. Cause they are. Yeah. I, they uh, are. all right. I got my five. Um, I in no discernible order. I love the first time in, when it's in the winter, when it's cold and you go outside and you breathe in through your nose and all of the boogers freeze. You feel all of the <laughs> nose hairs in your nose. I love that feeling. The first Great time that feeling. it hits you. And, and it's not when you're going out to like do anything like extraneous or doing anything. It's just like maybe you're going Let outside the dog to out. the trash. Let the dog out. And you breathe in and you just feel it in your nose. I love that feeling. I also love, love the it. feeling of when you have on snow pants and you just cop a squat on your knees and you're resting your butt on like the back of your snow boots and you're just sitting there back with your knees in the snow and like there's that padding there there's just that it's it, there's nothing like it when you're like resting in nice powdery snow there's just nothing it's warm it's comfortable it's very it's, warm. yeah it's it's almost warm um, and you can't get that anywhere else other than, than the snow. Um, I love, um, I love that disorienting feeling you get when you spend a long time outside in the snow and it's sunny outside and you come back in and there's that disoriented feeling when you come inside and everything is super dark for like 
15, 20 seconds. And it's just like, it kind of overtakes you. You're like, whoa, this is an adjustment. Cause like the sun has been beating off this, uh, the snow, your face is on your fire, eye. but it's freezing at the same time. Yeah. And you come inside and everything is just super dark because you, you know, it could not possibly have been brighter. I love that. Like weird 15, 20 seconds of, uh, of feeling that you get when you come in after you've been outside in the snow for a while. Um, I love the feeling of um, when you've been outside in the cold for a while and you start getting feeling back into your fingers and everything's tingling and you have like a nice warm drink and just that reprieve from like having fun, like sledding or skiing or uh, building a snowman or doing anything outside for an extenuated period of time. And just feeling all of your uh, like fingers and nose and cheeks come back alive from the warmth. There's, I mean, there's something comforting and nostalgic about that because it like takes you back to being a kid and like spending hours and hours and hours in the freezing cold. And even as an adult, when I get that feeling of it, it just it just hits me in the nostalgia spot. Um, and I guess the 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 last thing is. Um, there is something to be said and is very special about the first snowman you build of the year. I don't want to build a snowman with the kids after the first one because <laughs> I'm doing all of the work. But that first snowman that you build um, after the first snow is just – you got to get out there. You got to build the snowman. I don't care how cold you are or whatever. I don't care if you have kids or don't have kids. Every year you need to get out there. And build a snowman because you know what? You never know if it's going to be your last snowman that you build. You never know if it's going to come alive. And you never know if it's going to come alive either. It'd be a part of a new adventure for you. Those kids didn't know that they were going to build Frosty the Snowman. Yes, I remember. Because it was. I I have a very strong memory of a buddy taking me to a seasonal road that was like on a – had enough of a – like a downhill that we knew that if we walked to the top of that hill – and we would have to we'd have to make some effort and put you know and lay down the basically the tracks right we'd have to push ourselves pull ourselves along and you know kind of give yeah. the, the little dog mush you know on your own on your own sled lean, like lean into walking yeah right yeah. exactly but then once you made that path oh my gosh you had yeah. you were flying down that hill and it was just it, you, all that hard work had paid off right and so that your story just reminded me of that because. Um, everyone should have a friend that knows a, a spot that where the, no cars are going on the roads because it's not maintained by the locals. Yeah, <laughs> you know? we uh, that feeling of digging the 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 your toes into the snow, like because your boots yeah. don't give you as much flexibility, so you're like just putting your toes in for each step up. Oh man, yeah, the nostalgia <laughs> just hits hard with that. Where 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 we live now in our house now, I live two blocks away from where I grew up and there's train tracks that go through this town. And when we were growing up, there is a, there is a large, um, large piece of land, you know, like on the side of the railroad tracks, it was, it's a, it's a big hill in the middle of town goes down to this road that is rarely like ever used at, you know, barely at all. So when we were kids, we would, you know, all go over there. All of our friends would meet us there. And because our house was, you know, close to it, that's where, you know, we, we would go there sledding. We'd build these big ice ramps that everyone broke their tailbones on. Um, but after that, 
you know, just, I, it's more than just that. It was like, everyone goes back to the house. Like we'd have 20, 25 fucking kids at our house. Mom's making chili. We're breaking out monopoly, you know, we're you know playing monopoly, Euchre, whatever. There's just a ton of us there. My mom's feeding all these kids whose families have like 40 times more money than we did growing up, uh, you know, but everybody hung out there in the winter and the snow was just that good of a time. And I live, you know, just a couple blocks away from where I sat. I could walk my kids, you know, over to that. And it's funny, like the pictures all, every once in a while I post them on Facebook of us going over there and, you know, old friends like saying, Oh my God, you know, it's just kind of like one of those fun memories get a, get a share. Hey, I got one, I got one more that I, I, uh, it's not really honorable mention. But bring I, the I, heat. I need to bring the on. heat. Bring the heat. It's a good one. As much as we're out and about in our shorts in the wintertime, yeah. we're also out and about in our Carhartts because nothing says Midwest <laughs> winter like a Carhartt party in a barn. <laughs> like barely any heat, like maybe a little bit of a stone or of a, of a wood stove going on in the corner, but big barns, lots of people in there. Everyone's wearing, <laughs> wearing your car hearts. Uh, that's just, that is just like peak Midwest winter. Like, yep. I wore shorts all day. Uh, now I'm going to put on the bibs and, <laughs> and the coat and the hat and go, uh, see, you know, drink some PBRs in the barn. If I, could, if I could drink this whole case, uh, without passing out. So, Mm, love me some winter time. Love it. All right. Did we not? Did we touch everything? Like we got signing. I think days we brought the heat. We got sign. We got everything. Um, Which might get interesting. It it hopefully does. And that's interesting and like there might be somebody. Maybe like somebody to say, hey, maybe there's an maybe there's a new addition. Uh, go check out the uh, see if there's any kids who are Baylor leans at the wide receiver position <laughs> who are uncommitted. <laughs> I haven't done that yet, but it seems something prudent. Uh, hey, so you're going maybe the Baptists aren't for you. Maybe you like to try South Bend. Have you ever thought about the weather differences between Waco, Texas and South Bend, Indiana in a positive way? <laughs> Did you know that Chip and Joanna are Satanists? Do you know that David Crash? That's where he hung out, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's dead now, but his ghost is probably still around. And he's not, and he possesses Chip. <laughs> <laughs> and one day you will run into Chip, and you will not be able to avoid it. Can I tell you something about the Munster Rebellion and why you shouldn't absolve yourself from the Baptists and come to Notre Dame? <laughs> or they were Anabaptists. Same thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's some things going on. Um, yeah. I'm interested in two things I'm most interested in probably over the course of this next week. Maybe probably three things. Kicker transfers. Oh, what happens with. Yeah. <laughs> Kicker transfers. For, and I'm not joking. Uh, but. Tariq Bracey, what is his decision? Because that actually is very, very important to the depth chart for Notre Dame moving forward in the secondary. Uh, who Notre Dame is going to hire as a DC? Well, how they're, how they're going to finish uh, the staff off. Um, and that's not just with coaches. That's with 
with uh, analysts and, and whatever roles um, that, that they have. Um, oh, and just transfers. Like there's still, I mean, well, what did you say, Jude? We have like six days left. I mean, that's my calculation. I don't know if that's yeah. actually Notre Dame's calculation, but that's what I was thinking. Well, like I said, maybe we could just fudge some numbers. Like, why not? These credits don't count. I swear to God. I didn't mean to get an A. I meant to withdraw. That stupid person in the off in the registrar's office didn't fucking do what I asked. And we don't need to worry about RJ Sneed's uh, uh at all. His his transcript because he's a grad transfer, right? Do kids even go to the registrar's office anymore to withdraw from classes? You no, just do that online not. now, right? I was gonna say I imagine that's an online thing. Oh god, that's just way too easy. There's at least three classes I know of that I ended up not withdrawing from because I did not want to walk from Wise Hall to the registrar's office to do it. That's only like <laughs> what? 900 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> Set yeah, it on that fire. Was, at that time, I was just more, I was just more like, I really need to save my GPA. Do I, <laughs> do I, do I make the walk? Um, anyways. Yeah, kids just won't know the uh, the fun of walking into a registrar's office and finding out what do you mean I owe three hundred and some odd dollars in parking tickets. <laughs> listen, listen, I I am this is not a lie. Somehow, some way, I managed what was it two hundred and seventy four dollars, two hundred seventy three dollars. Oh, I had more than that. I just paid my parking tickets at Eastern Michigan from 1997 last year. They finally fucking, they finally fucking got me. There's gotta be a bench worn out for my, uh, my parking tickets. I think there was. And spa. Somehow, some way I got away with, with them not getting paid. It was still like registered for classes and all that shit. And this was floating around. I didn't even think it was real. It's like, it's like your credit report after seven years, it drops off, right? Is that how it works? <laughs> yeah. I mean, 1997. Like, it was the funniest, like, oh, my God. Yeah, anyways. 273 fucking dollars. Parking was a motherfucker in Nipsalani for a while. Slash yeah. Listen, like, you're not going to get Caleb Williams unless you can get those uh, those parking tickets paid off. <laughs> yeah, talk about Midwest winters and walking across rolling hills. Whew. Like the three AM the three AM walks from M twelve back to your, your dorm freshman year were quite incredible learning experiences. Anyways. All right, Jude, what do you got left in the tank? I I, I just wanna say, and this is probably just for maybe one listener out there, if you ever thinking about spending money on me. To, to ask another person on another podcast about settling a beef that <laughs> he and I may have. Just <laughs> save your money, brother. Your money's worth way more than that. Um, look, I can respect a person's output. Um, I, I, I guess that, that's all I want to say. I want to focus. I want to. I want to follow. I want to follow that individual's New Year's resolution and focus on my own product. And not focus on anyone else's product. I think that everyone on the beat brings a little something. And I read some more than others. 
And if you you love what you love, and some of you guys are big Mike Frank guys, um, ISD, great. Some of you guys were ride and dies with uh, Eric Hansen, perfect. Uh, some of you would never give up on Tim Priester, even if he makes ridiculous comments about North Carolina's offensive line returning production. Uh, <laughs> I'll never give Tim up ever. I mean, ever. I I wouldn't quit it. Um, I still have an athletic scholarship uh, uh, subscription, uh, even though I'm, it might get merged into my New York Times subscription. So, um, <laughs> you know, look, um, we're good here. We're we're really really good here. And uh, I don't know anybody's email address. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I you meant to say the, the failing New York Times, Jude. Sorry. The, fa- <laughs> the failing New York Times. That was my tweet. I was told the New York Times was failing. <laughs> uh, yeah. If ESPN says it, then I'll believe it. It's just like it's about Alabama's consensus national championships, but ESPN <laughs> hasn't come out and said that yet. So you'll you'll need to get yeah you need to get Bama's SID to 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 announce the athletic and New York Times merger. Yeah, spend your money in a home field or something fun. That's what I say. Get a Crunchyroll subscription, five bucks, better spend. I have no <laughs> idea what that is, but go for it. <laughs> Is that anime? You, you. Nah, it's anime. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> hey, have you talked to so, – speaking of which, have you talked to Katie Lonergan about bringing Braden Lindsay on for a very – I was just going to say – I was just going to say I think I'm going to have to send the email out. But we'll do that – Dead of, de- dead of the offseason, yeah. Well, it is the opposite. I mean, they're they're not going into. Yeah, they're not going. It's it's, it's a dead time, so I need to do that this week. Send an email out and let Katie know. I'm sure she'll. She's. I guarantee you, they didn't ask in that last podcast. Lindsay was on. Say, hey, uh, we'd like to have Lindsay on as a guest uh, to talk about some anime, and uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm shooting for that. We need to get. You need to get Carter involved in that somehow, just to just to top it off. Just I'm, to, I'm sure I'm sure Carter would I'm sure Carter would pop off. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit, Brendan, what do you got left in the tank, bud? Oh man, I got uh, I got nothing left in the tank. Um, I'm excited for the off season. Um, it's always a fun time around these parts. To uh, I'm I'm still having some issue. Like moving on from the um, Fiesta Bowl, uh, just sort of, I don't know. It's uh, it's always a little bit tough after after the season ends. Not not only that Notre Dame lost, but just after the season ends to sort of acknowledge that it's ended. It's um, over, yeah. That it's over. But um, I think this week is really when I'm going to start. I'm I already feel like I'm gearing up into off season mode. So I'm excited to get into off season mode um, and uh, explore sort of the weird space that is, that is Notre Dame football and just college football in general, which is where I think we really flourish. Um, (laughs) I think people should embrace that more. Like instead of being sad about, about college football being over with, I think that you get like a two week. I think that there's a two week period of like mourning, and then after that, like the off season really is as much fun in some ways yes. as the regular season. Absolutely, with with less deadlines. 
less deadlines and less heartbreak. There's no there's no stress or heartbreak or anything like that. Uh, everything sunshines and roses uh, during the off season. Um, right. Especially especially in an off season like this where there's a uh, coaching coaching regime change and everything, you know, there's good vibes and stuff. So um, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I definitely my wife especially definitely appreciates uh, the off season where uh, there aren't like seven, eight stories going up on the side each day, which <laughs> she appreciates that. Uh, and so which makes me appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, happy but, wife, happy life. Yeah. But I'm. I'm ready to have some fun with some things. It would have been, it would have been a little nicer to have More a bull fun. win yeah, to have yeah, that, yeah, have yeah, that yeah. fun with, but, uh, but we're, Hey, ain't nothing we ain't used to. Right. Listen, <laughs> winning the Fiesta bowl has no impact on the game in Columbus. And that's the fact. So true. It, it only impacted all of our joys. Yeah, it was, it was uh, our joys. Um, but it has no impact on Columbus. Uh, can't dwell on it. Um, when a natty and who cares about the social construct that is New York six. Yeah. I was going to make a, I was going to make an analogy. It's just, but it's not right. Like I was going to say like <clears throat> the loss to, to Oklahoma state has as much impact as to us as Ivan Drago killing Apollo to Rocky, but that well, maybe because it, it that fueled it fueled Rocky's uh, motivation because Rocky he used that that death of Apollo in order to to train in uh, wherever he trained in that uh, old cabin in the the winter and climbed the mountain. Remember he climbed the mountain? That was big. And it's still an OSU, and it's on yeah. their home turf. It is. Yeah. And it's the first weekend of college football, which is actually a national holiday. Yeah. Should be at least. Mm. Mm. Um, Rising from the spire. Yeah. In the burning high. Okay. I'm just trying to, if, if I could go that route, I will fucking blow an engine, drop in the pedal. Uh, going that route because what else are we gonna do? I mean, I'm waiting for Ryan Day to go take uh, a job in the NFL alongside Bears Harbaugh. job. Yeah, it's Bears job that. and Harbaugh takes the Harbaugh Raiders takes job. Giants. Raiders, yeah. yeah Day takes Day takes the Bears. And there's there's Kirk Ferentz, prime, primed and ready, just ready to go for a Big Ten takeover. It's finally my time. Iowa, you fucks. God. Ohio State hires Fickle, right? Yeah, that's how it would go. Most likely. I can't. There was a name floated about for Michigan and Farball went like Matt Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Campbell's been passed over by everybody. Michigan takes him. Michigan takes him. He brings <laughs> his, his dumb hat. Uh, it's just uh, that that would be perfect it would be be and then we could continue to dunk on campbell forever and it would be more uh more topical oh man uh yeah and i got i mean really that's it and i'm i'm with brendan ready for a 
ready for a fun off season. Uh, look, it's it's basketball and hockey season right now. And Notre Dame um, men's second basketball place just won their sixth straight. They're second yeah, place fourth in the straight ACC. in the ACC. They kicked the shit out of Clemson uh, yeah. last night. Dane Goodwin, hashtag Ohio forever, had a hell of a night, 21 points. So fucking pumped about that. Like there was a there was a moment in December where you're like, here we go with no March Madness once again, uh, which would have been the fourth straight year. And now things are looking a little better. It, it's like there's Helps one you have an NBA team. player playing guard for your team. Yeah, there's one ranked ACC team right now in Duke, and they can't shake COVID. The hell, was it Coach K was out of a game for a non-COVID virus? When's the last time you mixed, missed the game coaching for a non-COVID virus? Uh, I mean, I, I watched don't, Joe Paterno coach that. a game. I watched Joe Paterno <laughs> coach a game with a non-COVID virus, but he pooped his pants running out of the end zone. <laughs> so did Ty Willingham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. So, yeah, having fun, waiting on some more news. Um, and that's it, man. Just everyone enjoy yourselves. Get over to Apple Podcasts. Leave that rating. Leave a review. God damn it. Leave that preview. And then I'll read it. I'll read it word for word. I'll read that review so good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to own that little review. Uh, so do that. Be cool. Uh, and that's it, man. We're, so we're back on our, we're going to be back on our shit. Uh, our once a week podcast in a non sequential like order. <laughs> like we'll figure out. Listen, we'll figure out the days we're recording. You just listen to the damn thing. And it'll be there uh, every week. Yeah, it'll they'll be there once a week. You never know who's going to be on. Maybe Greg's on. Maybe Braden Lindsay. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Ty Willingham. Who fucking knows? So, probably not Ty Willingham. Maybe the uh, the the operator of the hot dog machine at a 7-Eleven that uh, gave Ty that gave um, <laughs> uh, Bob Davies such hassle. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll get all the state championship Ohio football coaches on here. Uh, let's have some fun with that one. You guys will be enthralled. Yeah, we'll love it. <laughs> I, I guarantee. Can ask Tell me why Marcus Freeman is doing more to recruit your players than Ryan Day is. Hang up <laughs> you know what I'm going to ask them all to? What's your lesson plan for the Mongol invasions? Yeah, don't freeze your rivers. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. For Jude, for Brendan, for everyone over at One Foot Down, go Irish. <laughs> <laughs>